In today's podcast, we got Isaac Whistler, junior 120 kilo world champion. But not only did he win the world championships, he is part of the Flex Flex fam and he stuck around after winning junior worlds to handle all of the other uh, Flex athletes at the IPF world championships. So he handled Russ, he handled Jonathan, and Russ, like, obviously smashing world records, um, handled Jonathan Keiko in probably one of the most entertaining battles of the IPF Worlds, handled Amanda Lawrence, who won Best Lifter, as well as handled Jesus Oliveras. So he, in this interview, um, I mean, we talk about his experience as an athlete, and then we go into those four individuals' title-winning performances the background stories, the whole nine, and something that should be cleared up, and I think we touch on this, um, it was previously stated in a recap episode of King of Lifts, Amanda Lawrence um, was solidifying best lifter with her third attempt deadlift, and it looked like, wow, she had loaded more than she needed to solidify best lifter, when in reality, um, brought to our attention no, it was solidified in the second attempt and the third deadlift and the third attempt deadlift was actually, you know, just adding all, they weren't gambling with best lifters already locked in and, um, and that's that. So that was stated in a previous podcast, uh, the recap show, hey, why would they have done this? Um, and there it is. It actually, it was already solidified with the second deadlift. Third deadlift was just icing on the cake, um, and it was a world record as well. I mean, there's tons of world records broken, and there was a whole bunch of background stories, a whole bunch of, you know, drama that pops up, and that's what happens. You have the best laid intentions, travel to the other side of the world, and things don't always go smoothly directly as planned. That's life, and it makes it exciting. It all is well that ends well. When everybody wins, but when you look back, there were some dicey moments. And Isaac, who was the handler, has some of these background stories, gives light to him. Um, And let me just say, Isaac is as nice a guy as you're going to find. Super energetic, super approachable, and it is a great interview. We crushed two hours pretty easy. So, with no further ado, give a listen to this one. Let us know how you feel, and please like wherever you listen to, subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts, give us high ratings wherever you listen to your podcasts, and support the King of List podcast because we are doing as much as we can to give you as much content as we can with all of these lifters. You sound good. Okay. My mans, we're recording right now. First off, how, how hilarious is it that we talked and I asked for your time zone. You gave me a different one. You go, Sweden really fucked me up. You gave me, you gave me the other side of the country. I'm like, my man has turned around. You told me, told me I live on the West Coast. And you, I was going to say, you, you came back from Sweden. I'll turn around. Got a, got a connecting flight to LAX. <laughs> yeah. Moved to San Diego. Got an apartment with a gentleman. Um, dating, <laughs> dating for six months. You change your life. Sweden literally yeah. changed your life, man. Literally <laughs> changed it. Yeah. No shit. No, not, I, not my proudest moment. <laughs> I, I can really, dude. Coming back from Sweden, um, 
it's weird getting back to normal life, huh? Yeah. It's, it's weird. I mean, yesterday was my full, like first day back. Oh, so, really? Yeah. 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 I stayed, I stayed there until Friday. Um, oh then, shit. Yeah. So like, I just got back. And so I'm still like, I woke up this morning at 5am, like, cause that's like, it's like 12, 12am, like Sweden time. So yeah, I woke up at like 5am today and like, I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'm up for the day. <laughs> it, um, like when you were over there, so what were you doing after Worlds was done? Just like touring around or? Um, yeah, yeah. So I like, I planned to go with like a friend. Um, they ended up like leaving early. So I went by myself, but um, I was going to go to Copenhagen and then Stockholm. I ended up just going to Stockholm because I was by myself and I was, I was scared. So, um, but I, I ended up, yeah, right. So I ended up just going to Stockholm um, and uh, just hung out there for a couple of days. So it was actually like, it was nice. Dude, I um, just recently found out in Stockholm, like in the wintertime, there's like s- almost no daylight. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know that. I had no idea in Stockholm it was like that. He said like, yeah, in like Northern Sweden, it's like months. Like they have no sunlight at all. That's, that, I would go, I would go so depressed. Yeah. I can't do that, man. Canada, um, where I'm at, just south of Toronto, we, it's like, uh, it gets dark at like five-ish, 5 p.m., which is too early. That's too yeah. early for me, but it's like, like that's bad enough. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's in the dead of winter. In, in the summertime, it's light until like 10 o'clock at night, which is kind of weird too. Um, but for it to be like almost no sun during the wintertime, I couldn't do it. Yeah. There's no way, dude. I mean, the no offense to the Swedish people, but like they were like, it seemed they seem very reserved. So maybe, maybe the sunlight is like, it's like uh, they need some more. The, it's, you know what's funny? That is, they are a little, not all of them, obviously, but some of them are reserved, huh? Hold on. It, it's, <laughs> you got a dog. <laughs> it's okay, buddy. Dogs, okay. dogs don't give a fuck. <laughs> but, um, uh, yeah, like I think some some Swedish people are it, they are a little reserved to stitch. Not yeah. all of them, but like as a whole, I would say they're far more reserved than we're used to over in North. Oh, America. oh yeah, yeah, for sure. But they're like, I actually had like there was a couple people that had said they had like pretty bad interactions, like like mean people. I actually didn't have like a single mean person. They all like spoke English and like they probably could tell because I'm just like a large brown head, like brown haired male that's like walking around with like the it's like, where am I look? So they probably knew I didn't belong there. So they were actually like really helpful though. I, I didn't have like a bad interaction with anybody. Same here. Um, I think the only interactions people might've got, if you're in like the meat hotel and we are like overbearingly all over the place and whatever. And um, that might be a little different if you're interacting with people who are working there. But when you go into the city and like, I'm stopping people for directions or i'm asking people for help or whatever everyone was super nice like yeah. um yeah I, I i think swedes are usually pretty nice overall i think yeah but. i like i have like a friend out there it's um Callie, the 74 junior that's also coached by joey um so he like he helped show me around and stuff because he lives in stockholm so he was telling me that like their perceptions of americans is like they see like they watch a lot of American film. So like they see most Americans as like, like, like a, like famous. Right. Hmm. So like when we go out there, they're like, he said that they're like Swedish people in general are like very reserved, but when they like see Americans, they're like very intrigued by them. So I thought that was like kind of interesting. Um, and I had multiple people tell me that, like I was at my, 
I was at my hotel and the guy was like, oh, have you gone out on the weekends? And I'm like, no. And he's like, oh, you'd get all the Swedish girls being an American. And I'm like, what? Okay. Really? Like, yeah. Like, yeah. So I don't know. Wow. Um, yeah, man, it's, it's different. And I'm glad uh, you got a chance to get out there because it is a whole nother deal when it's international. huh? Like when you, when you, whenever you're like prepping is one thing, when you prep, got to get your passport and all the rest of it fly to the other side of the world and you come off that plane and you like, you never more feel like you're, you're outsider. People oh. are talking different languages. You got to do connecting flights, the whole nine. And you show up in an international meet, you go in the hotel and there's like Russians, Ukrainians, French Brits, like all over the place. It is like, Holy shit. This is different. Like what yeah. was your impression when you were walking into the hotel if people well, are lined up in the lobby and you see Well, so I like, yeah. I mean, like you said, when you land, that's when it like sets in. Like I was like fine. Like I took my first connecting flight and like uh, it, it switched from English being the first language to Swedish being the first language in, in English below it. I'm like, oh, okay. Like I still got English, whatever. Yeah. And then like, then when I got on the bus and just started driving by all the signs and I couldn't read anything, I'm like, Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm not in America. <laughs> and then <laughs> I actually like, we got put in the juniors got put in the, in the, the, whatever it was called the good, good, the grand hotel, like across the, the bridge. Oh. So I wasn't even in like the meat hotel. So I felt even more away from everybody. Damn. I didn't know that. Cause I saw you at the hotel so often. Well, that, it's cause I didn't want to be in my hotel room. Cause oh. I felt lonely. Yeah. So it was like, it was like me and Gavin, we were both over in the grand hotel and we would just like, we, as soon as we'd wake up, we'd just walk over to like the meat hotel because there was nobody else over where we Dude, were. Wait, wait, that's where all the juniors were. Uh, Well, like that's where all the, I think that's where all the USVI juniors were. I think there was like six of us out of the USVI team that got put over there because the profit hotel was like full. So oh. there was like, there was like six of us. The Japan team was over there. Um, other than that, I don't know of anybody else that was over there. Cause I, cause there's a lot of juniors at our hotel for sure. Yeah. Like, like other I, international ones. Yeah. I should have, I should have like prefaced. It was like the USVI juniors. And that kind of sucks. Only, there was only three of us. I think, I think, cause it was me, it was me, Priscilla and Gavin, I think were all over there. And then the, the Japanese team was over there. And then a couple masters from the USVI were over there too, but I don't know how many other teams were over there. It, it, it's, um, it's, well, it's good that you kept coming to the meat hotel. Cause that's where. I swear to God, you just like you're you're stuck in your hotel room. So what are you gonna do? You just walk downstairs, and you're gonna be with people. And you yeah. just you uh, you just walk over around the corner from the front desk, and there's the the like bar. And yeah. it doesn't matter if you just not everyone's drinking. You just sit down, read, do whatever, and you're gonna bump into people. And just like, hey man, what's up? You just start. That's it. It was so yeah. easy. And everyone you see on like Instagram and the whole nine, like on social media is all there. You're going to bump yeah. into everybody. If you, if you just walk downstairs, take the elevator downstairs and chill. And I'm glad you guys came over and spent time and did just chill in that other side hotel. Just to soak good up. Cause the amount of times I saw you guys, I thought you were, in, I thought you were in our hotel. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I mean, I know like, yeah, like you said, it's like, like you just want to like get out of the hotel room. And like, I know, I mean, me and you were kind of in the same boat. I mean, 
you had to wake up a little bit earlier than me every day, but I mean, it was wake up handle. And then it's like, you could go to your hotel room and rest, but then you feel like you're wasting like yeah. the, the, the good conversations with everybody. So like, I'd see you down there every day after you just talked for 10 hours yeah. and I'm like, there you go, Ryan, get it. Like, <laughs> like no, no rest for the wicked. <laughs> no, well, the thing is, so like you also, you know, you're going to go home and this is all over. Like it's, it's, it's done yeah. when it's over, it's over. And, um, how many times I came back, went upstairs to the room, cleaned up and I'm tired, but I'm like, you just got like, what are we talking here? 12 days. And then exactly. when, when like a week goes in, you're like, what are we, what are we talking here? Another five days. You're like, I'm going downstairs. Bro. Like people would message and be like, where are you, where are you? Like, it would be whatever the Canadian team, someone on the Canadian team, or even the British team, like I had people by the end of the week, you had like a crew and mm -hmm. like, whether it's someone, in the French team, British team, whatever, just shoot you a message. One out of like 15 or like, where are you dude? And you're like, where the fuck am I? Yeah. I'm in my room. And I'm like, say less. I'll be there in five minutes. And you come down or they'll be like, where you guys, you just shoot, you just ask anybody where you at right now. We're at the restaurant across the street, that Italian place that we ended up a couple of times. You're like, yeah. I'm coming. Like, am I not coming? No, I'm coming. Of course I'm coming. Like, you, you know what I mean? It's going to be over in what, like in a year we do this again or whatever the hell, like I'd rather show up and have, have less sleep. We, we talked a couple of times where you're like, you had said you came back to the hotel. One thing leads to another and it's fucking two 30 in the morning and you're hanging out with, um, I think it was the Japanese team was reading your future off of cards or wherever you're like, yes. it was wild, but I'm like, this is it. This is part of the experience. Just it, that's literally, oh my gosh, that's like, that was like the best, that was the best summary of worlds. I wake up at like 8am, go immediately, immediately to the meet, handle all day, come back. And then I like get swooped into hanging out with the French team, me, Gavin, you, like you, the French team. And then we're there, like we eat and we go back to the hotel. And then it's 2.30. We're finally done talking to everybody. Me and Gavin have to go back to our hotel across the, across the train tracks. So we like, we walk back. It's 2.30. We are literally on the way back. We're like, this is insane. Like what an opportunity. It's 2.30 AM. We're in Sweden. This is crazy. <laughs> Once in a lifetime opportunity. And then boom, the Japanese team is just sitting there. And then we do tarot card readings for two hours. <laughs> and it's like, this is awesome. Like you this don't get this anywhere else. <laughs> Dude, you, when are you going to sit down with a table of like people straight up from Japan who are like, it's just, it just doesn't happen like that. When you meet people from around the world and, um, and you get to like, you know, just shoot the shit. It was Bring so in, cool. Everyone brings something to the table, man. And like it, the French team, it's crazy. The French team, like Panna, Leia, Tiff, um, like all of them, like the French shooters. It's crazy how they're all like super tight. Yanis, like you start meeting some of their other people and they're all like super tight in, in, in their click, but they like, you just jump in there on their table and just start shooting the shit. And it's just, it doesn't matter. They don't care. Yeah. Like, I literally a few days in gave them my credit card and they're going shopping with it, like <laughs> buying me threads and stuff. Like it's crazy. Or, or you, um, I remember coming downstairs. Also, sh shout out, shout out to the French team. You were looking mad drippy. Oh, thank you. dog. Yeah. yeah they, they got your boy. They set your boy up. Nice. They I literally, did. when they left it for me, I was like, I can't get my tie suspenders. Like what? I couldn't even dress myself dog. I'm like, what? Is, I don't dress in all this stuff regularly. <laughs> Um, Leah and Matthew from the French team had to come up like say less, we got you, man. But um, uh, yeah, and, and sitting down a couple nights with like the British team and Sabrina had like some gin and she's like, 
it, you, you just got like a glass in front of your face. I know you don't drink, but like for myself, like, like it was just like, you drink it again. Like, I'm like, all right, we're, this is, this is where we're at. I guess it is just the way it is. I remember Tony cliff had a drink in his hand and I'm like, um, Tony, you, you compete in a couple of days. He's like, well, fucking let that stop me though. Am I? And I'm like, that's, that's why I'm British. And I'm like, fucking God damn, this is it, man. Respect and Tony's, it. Respect, man. Respect the game. Yeah. Um, and Tony's obviously done a, a million of these and a world champion. So, but yeah, man, it's just one of those, uh, everybody's on the same page too. Like the vibe of it, you know, this is all going to come to a close. And um, so everybody's living in the moment. Yeah. Everybody's living. I would show up so many times in that media booth in the morning and they're like, God damn, homie, what the fuck? You, <laughs> you, what did you do last night? And I'm like, just get my microphone. Let me down these coffees and we're going to do business. Tell, yes. tell me we're live and we're going to do business. Um, and we're live on the Olympic channel. Like we got, we got, we got to tighten up, but we did. (laughs) I'm I'm like the rock star that shows up like, holy shit, get him, throw some water in his face, put some coffee in his veins. Um, but it worked out, man. Everything worked out. Still killed it. We did. Everyone did. Everyone did their damn thing. And, um, how are you, we're going to get into like your lifting and handling and all that. But when you came back, um, and adjusting. Did you have the post meat blues? Honestly, like, no. And I think it was just because like, in my own eyes, I didn't do good. So like, this is the, this is the, like, objectively, this is the worst meat I've ever had. And usually like, I pride myself on like, just being humble and taking what I have. So like this one, like it just worked out where I just, I had some bad, like my bad, bad cards, my fault. And I just didn't execute. So like, usually I, I do pretty good um just because i pride myself on that um and then after i'm like oh darn like oh, i have like post me blues kick in but this one like there's no post me blues it's just like hey like i need to get better like it, i need to just i need to get back to it and i need to get better when usually it's like oh that was awesome this is so cool like but another thing too is like usually at meets I, i'm pretty like comfortable but like being in sweden was very like different as well so that was another thing too where it's like like all the factors made this different and like it's just yeah i mean i know you've talked about it we've talked about it where like it's got that different vibe like and i mean we just talked about it like that like the different vibe is everyone is living in the moment you go to like nats or whatever and it's like everyone's having fun and like we're, we're we're shooting the shit and stuff like that but like at worlds it's like people know that it's like every, it's like, it's like 300 power lifters who all think alike because all power lifters think alike. And I, and I love that about it. I, I always say that power lifters are like, we're like built different. Like we just, we, we, there's something different. They, they just, it's so cool, but there's like 300 of us in a random country that gets picked and we're all on vacation and we're all living in the moment. And that, that's the vibe that mm. like, you just don't get anywhere else. And so I think just being in that was very almost like comforting and so then like with that in contention with also like I competed on Tuesday and handled all the way until Sunday. I didn't have time to get post meet blues. I was fucking busy. So like, I don't know. I mean, usually I do. And like, I, I, I'm a very mental person, like when it comes to lifting and like, I'm very cerebral. So like, um, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was if, or if it was everything, but I, I actually like, yeah, I'm just excited to, to just go for the next one. And I think it's just, 
because I'm trying to like keep high expectations for myself. Let's talk about your lead into this. Cause you, we, we spoke briefly in the warm up room, how you said like, um, you know, you, you had lost weight, detrained things shifted on a dime. Like talk a little bit about that as well as like how, when you found out, holy shit, I can go to worlds. Like, like it was, you were a little all over the place in terms of the prep to this. Cause you never would have guessed this. Yes. Um, and then the lead into it. So this was, this was for sure the least put together prep I've ever had in my life. Um, so I, I actually like, so I tore my pec. I, I think it was like a grade, grade two or grade three, um, um, partial muscular pec tear in February. Um, so I've been dealing with that for a long time, but I needed to do junior nationals, which was 12, 13 weeks away from that pec tear. It was in like April or something like that. So I ended up rehabbing it and hit like a respectable bench. And then, and then that was basically a tune-up meet for open nationals. So when it got announced how they were like picking the world's team, um, for the USA, it was whoever has the highest total and the juniors, um, the juniors were getting decided by just having the, the highest junior total. Now I'm going to like try and explain this the best I can, but if you competed at open nationals and were a junior, it was only open nationals this year in Florida. So there was no junior classes, anything like that. But if you were a junior and competed there, it would count under the junior category. So in my mind, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to junior nationals because I had already, I, I, I had bought my ticket, registered, bought my plane ticket, got my Airbnb and then tore my pack. So I'm like, okay, well, uh, I guess I'll just use this as the tune-up meet for nationals. And I'm just going to go anyways, because I'm not someone who like, I don't care about my performance. I don't care if I add, like, I care if I add kilos to my total, but I'm very good at like adjusting my expectations. I'm not someone who chases numbers and fails lifts because mm. it's like, it's just not who I am. And so I'm like, okay, I like, sure. I'll go in and, and bench. I don't care if I bench 400 pounds when I've benched 500 before. Like I'll just, I know this is a tune up mean, I know I have more. There's no point in like being like chasing 500 and like re hurting myself. So I'm like, okay, I, I already, I already I'm booked for this. So I just go, I do it. It goes. Okay. And now I'm, I think 11 weeks out from open nationals. So it was collegiate nationals. And then it was 11 weeks out from open nationals. So I had 11 week turnaround basically a 10 week meat prep after a deload. Um, and I was in Cali for one of those weeks, which I had already planned. So basically a nine week prep to go into nationals. So then I go into nationals. I do meh. I, I don't, I don't do terrible. Um, my weight cuts have been like weird lately. So that was like a bad weight cut, but um, I do. Okay. And so then after nationals, again, the reason I signed up was because I wanted, there was another junior that was another 120 junior that was signed up in that class. And so I was like, okay, that's my, that's my, and he was probably like the one that's going to fight me the most. So I'm like, that's the important one. I need to make sure I can beat him at that meet. Well, he ended up having some family issues. Um, God help him. And so he's, I think he's doing pretty good now and I'm happy for him, but um, he ended up not, not going. So I didn't have like, I just did open nationals to do open nationals. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of like unfortunate, but then I did it. And then that's when COVID came up with like, Oh, Delta variant and like, Oh, it's in Belarus and all these things. So then I'm like, okay, well no worlds. So now like worlds was like 12 weeks out and like Amanda, Jesus and Russ and Keiko were all like planning for worlds. Right. And in my mind, I'm like, no shot. This happens like, no way I'm not planning for it. I like, I'm just a junior. I'm not even, I'm not going to get an invite. I'm not going. So I don't even plan for it. We're in off season. I'm doing conventional deadlifts, SSB like work, like full on like accessories. I went deep into a cut. So then I think it was like five weeks later, I'm, I'm on a three week vacation in California. 
and I'm, I go to USPA drug test to nationals and I see Pete and I'm like, Hey Pete, what are you doing here? And he looks at me and like points and is like, what are you doing here? Yeah. What are you doing? here? Yeah. Right. Exactly. (laughs) So we like end up talking a bit and he, and I like asked him, I'm like, Pete, like what are the chances USA is going? And he's like, I'm 99% sure they're going. And I'm like, well, shit. Cause I didn't think we were going. So, so then at that point I'm like, okay, um, well, I guess maybe I'll start prepping. And then two days later I get my junior invite. So now I'm nine weeks out from worlds. I'm 16 pounds lighter than what I usually weigh going into a meet because I'm deep in a cut and I'm in California for two and a half more weeks. So, so it was like literally the worst case scenario. So then I end up like getting done with that flying back. So now I, I get my first block with six weeks to go going into worlds with like a prep. So I basically did a six week meat prep, like 15 pounds underweight. Um, so not to like, I'm not going to use that as an excuse as to why I did that. I just, didn't but, but it's fact it happened. Yeah. But it happened. And like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm grateful I could go and I'm grateful for like what I could have done. I, I don't care if I win, lose, go three for nine, bomb out, like just go in there is cool enough. So it was definitely not ideal, which just gives me more hope and like is even more reason for me to not be upset at my performance. Um, but it was definitely, definitely not ideal. Cause even after that, obviously um, the transfer over the USVI, the whole nine, like it was like, um, there was even more like the, the possible travel bans, us suspension switching over. There's like up, down, up, down. We're good. We're not, we're going, we're not going. Are we going? We are going. Oh shit. We're going again. Only it's like, you're, you're like, I don't know what's happening. You're and, and you're like, 15 pounds lighter and on and off training. You're like, I'm not sure if I'm even training for something right now. I could be training for the biggest meet of my life, or I could just be training for, for the hell of training for nothing. Yeah. yeah. It must have been, was it like an emotional roller coaster? Did you eventually like, how did you stay motivated through? All so, that? so that was hard. Um, so honestly, like I know it could have, I mean, props, props to the open people. Cause one, they all killed it. Like, Every single one of our, uh, like, they all killed it. So, like, just shout out to all of them, um, like, the whole Flex team and everybody in general. Like, I feel like this was just such, like, I mean, we've talked about it. Such a successful world. It was, I mean, it was any everything that anybody would have wanted, and it just showed out. Like, it was just, it was a great experience. And it was, like, I think a lot of times, like, after a lull, like, sometimes, like, everybody builds this thing up because we haven't had a world's in a year and a half and it could have just been a total dud, but everybody showed up, man. So it was awesome to see. And like, so for me, 13 weeks out, I'm like, Oh, it's not happening. And then, so I was like, what, eight weeks where I was like, Oh, it's not happening. And then at six weeks, when, when, when Pete told me that that's when I'm like, okay, wait, it's on. So that's when I got my hopes up. And then three weeks out was when the US, USAPL got suspended. So then I'm like, oh no. Like, <laughs> uh, so then that's when that they got, so it got suspended on a Friday. And that was when like, that was when like, I mean, it was three weeks of me. Like I was like fully prepping. I'm like, like no friends. I can't hang out with anybody. I'm, I'm deep in a prep, leave me alone. Me and Joey, like we talked about it. And like our motto was like, I'm getting selfish for this. So like it was six weeks of being selfish. And like, it was just focusing on myself, focusing on lifting. And that was it. And so it was three weeks of that. And then like, then it got announced on Friday that we weren't going. So then I'm like, I'm like, like the first day I'm like, ah, it's whatever. And then Saturday and Sunday, I was like, I was destroyed. I was like, I was just gutted and like at a loss for words. Cause I was like, wow. Like I I, like, didn't want to get my hopes up because I didn't like, I, I didn't want this exact situation to happen. And then it ends up happening. 
and then on Monday was when we got approached with the um, with the the opportunity, which I'm I'm very thankful for Kim and the USBI and everyone involved, um, all those shooters involved. So I was just very thankful for all of that situation. Um, but got approached with that on Monday, so it was like it was like three days of just like full on, just just no words, gut wrenching, just sadness. But it's, then I then then it was back on. When he was taken away, it's. It's tough, man. Like uh, Brittany Suplicki did a pretty good vote or a post the other day about how like it's difficult to explain to people who aren't in that position. Like so many people think about the dream of any sport competing at a world champ, a real world championships. I mean, there is 130 nations in the IPF. That's our, that's a real world. There are some world championships you see in some sports that aren't really world championships. This is legit. Like 130 nations is, is a lot. So when you show up at Worlds, like when you have that in your head, like, holy shit, it's going to happen. This is something that people think about in every sport when you start playing a sport as a kid is dreaming about the Worlds, right? And like a world title. You, you don't have to follow powerlifting. It, it, when you try to explain to someone, like for instance, the showdown in the untested, you would have to tell people, explain the significance of the showdown. Well, this is John Hack. Well, this is, you know, Marianne Gaspar Ryan. This is, but when, when you talk to anybody outside of powerlifting, you don't have to explain shit. You just say it's the world championships. Say yeah. less. I got you. Yeah, yeah I'm familiar cool. with what the world title means. <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to travel to the other side of the world for it. So when that, you don't, I don't think people fully realize what it is when you think you're going to something like that and your family and friends and coworkers and everyone hears that. And the pride they get and the whole, like the pride, all of a sudden you didn't think you would have cared until it was there. And now exactly. you're like, you're oh. like, you, you, you know, you, you don't think you care until like your friends, like with pride, be like, Isaac's going to the world championship. <laughs> you don't know how many people talk about you like that. He's going to represent the U S and he's going to the world championships. Like you don't understand until yeah. it happens. And then, um, and, and very few people yeah. will, will be how special it is to have that opportunity. And, um, and then when it's taken, it must have been dead. Like initially, you know, it's, it's the, uh, it doesn't sink in quite. And then when it sinks in for real, for real, when you have to like double back and tell certain people that thought you were going and, and you're like, fuck me, that, uh, that is like, that is going to stink. Like it would be like, damn, like it's, uh, I, I totally understand. And I know how hard it would have been for those couple of days. That's why it was so important when you guys ended up, you know, as many as could fill the USVI. Unfortunately, yeah. um, you can't, there, there wasn't a solution for everybody. And uh, for anyone listening who doesn't know, like the USVI wasn't going to take off people who were already on the team, which is fair enough. So um, you guys didn't bump anyone. So you, you know, and you guys don't want to. So everyone, it was fair for everybody as best they could. The unfortunate part is, of course, it was literally the USVI was taking people first come first serve as quickly as they could process. And then when they processed everybody first in first out, literally first come first serve. Um, if people didn't get there in time, it was like, like, I don't know another fair route besides first in first out is what USVI was doing. And they're like, we're capped. Um, what else are we going to do? Like if we had more, if they had, more, they'd have no time. They had no time to make another away because it was already past the final nomination. The IPF extended it by a couple of days. And we're like, you guys have to wrap it up like now. Like it's too late already. Like this already, already we're, we're stretching. So it wasn't like, let's talk about it. Do we do a lottery? Do we do a, it, it just, there wasn't enough time, right? Um, so you guys got in and it must've been like, 
after you was gone and then you're back in again, did it amp up? Did it reaffirm to you how much it meant to you if you didn't fully know when it's taken away from you again and then given back to you where you're like, I didn't even know I cared as much as I did until it was taken away. And now I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> I mean, that's exactly what happened. It was literally like, it was like six weeks out and I'm like, oh, this is cool worlds. And then it got taken away and I was like, ah, whatever. Like, I didn't even think it was going to happen three weeks ago. And that was like the first day. And then the second day was like, wait, I really wanted to go to this thing. <laughs> like, <laughs> dang it. And so then like, then when I got the opportunity again, I was like, okay, wait, wait, I'm really excited now. This is the most excited I've been because it's locked in. No way. We're like, like, it's, it's for sure. Our name is on there we're good. And like, that was when I was like, okay, we can, we can release all of like the, the previous protection that we were all carrying in. And like, we're like, there's literally nothing that anyone can ever do about this. Like now we're in final nominations are closed. We're on the team. We're on like, like, there's no way that we don't go now. We can like release our guard and then like full emotion go into it. And like, that's exactly what we did. And like, like you said, um, I think this, like, if I go to worlds again, hopefully, um, if I can make that happen, but it's like, it's like, oh my gosh, it's going to mean more to me because I think like, I, like you said, it's the, the world is what like people just gravitate to. So like, I've, I've gone to nationals multiple times in like smaller federations and in USAPL I've won multiple times. And like, people would know me as the strong power lifter. But when it got out that I was going to Worlds, like when I would tell people, oh, I'm going to Worlds, like I, I just think of it as another meet. It's like nationals because our nationals is extremely competitive. I had more competition there than Worlds, but Worlds is still Worlds. And like yeah. it was showing in my total. Like I lost I lost kilos because of the travel, because of the food, because of everything. So like it's still Worlds. But at the time I was like, oh, it's just another meet. But when I would tell people Worlds, I'd say it like, oh, it went to nationals. They're like, oh, nationals, that's cool. Where was it? I'm like, oh, Florida. But when I'd say Worlds, they're like, wait, like <laughs> Worlds? And I'm like, yeah, for yeah. sure. They're like, oh, so you're like, and I was like, I'd tell people, I'm like, oh, like, how'd you do? And I'm like, oh, I won. They're like, oh, you're a world champion? <laughs> like best in the world? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, that's so fucking cool. So like, I don't know. The second one's going to be more exciting. Cause I know, like, I now know the feeling of like the, the emotions that it brings to other people. Well, like there's 7 billion people in the world. The world's yeah. a big place, my friend. And, and this is a true world championships. So to be the best in the world is massive in any given year. You never know who's going to show up from any, any country. Um, so you just show up and like, like, especially some of the Eastern block lifters that can come out of nowhere, you're not going to find them in open powerlifting, whatever the hell, like there's an element to worlds that makes it like that. Right. When you show up and you're like, I don't know, let's we'll hope for the best and, and, um, it's traveling cool. and everything about it. Yeah, it's cool. It traveling and everything about it. It's, uh, it's, it's, I don't know. It's a, a whole different field. When I was talking to, and we're going to get into your, your world's performance, as well as like your handling, which is fucking nuts that you were in some firefights in there, but, um, talking to Russ backstage and the, one of the first things he said afterwards is like, people don't know, like, they don't know what, what world, how different worlds is when you get here. You got all this ideas of what you're going to do when you get here, when you get here and you hear bars loaded, it's, it's different. Th it's not going to be what you think when you're waiting to like weigh in and there's like, 15 different nations weighing in with you 
it's not going to be what you think it is. Like you, uh, you know, and Russ has been there where there isn't crazy comp. Like it was, you know, like this year and he's been in there when it was Brett Gibbs and it's fight of his life, right? You can't miss a lift. And it's like, you know, it's literally his biggest rival. And and that's how worlds is to it. You know, you never know who's going to show up. Um, and he was like, it's hard to explain to people, man, how, uh, that's why sometimes you'll see people's totals come down a little bit and it will, and it's just, uh, it, it's hard to tell people who don't know and haven't been through it all. Right. It's, it's like saying it's hard to explain is it's doesn't give it justice. <laughs> like right, it's right. almost impossible. Like I, I've like, I'm a full, like I'm a full-time coach. I've been lifting for years. I've been to nationals multiple times. So I'm like, I have this vision and I go, and it's completely different than my vision. And I'm good at making vision. So like, I could only like, I could only imagine what other people think when people say, Oh, it's different. And they're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And then they go like, you're in for a surprise. Like yeah, yeah. surprise, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like you said, it's, it's like, I would say it's nearly impossible to describe because it's like, it is literally like, like, you can't describe that feeling like you can say like like we've talked about it like all hold on (laughs) there we go sorry um and so we talked about it like you'll see all these countries and like there are these people like talking like literally like different languages you 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 haven't like you don't know where to eat you don't know what to do you don't know how like how to travel around everything's like everything is different and like you can talk about it and like you can like think like what you're gonna feel when you when you're there but that feeling is different than what you think it's gonna be it's just like it is literally impossible to describe and and i like i almost like it's like it's like i'm like like i'm like a a businessman and i just want to be able to like let everyone know what this feeling is because because like yeah. i just want them to know and like because it's different I, I i myself like i can't sleep the whole thing is like um because there's so much energy and it's so different you're so out of your element and you're so not at home and when i go back into that hotel room i'm overly aware and you're just like the excitement and everybody's on the same page it is like, like everybody's on the same page where you were describing earlier. And um, you feel like you're in the middle of a moment and you know, it's not going to last like, like it's, it's a short, brief moment in your life. And you're lit- and you, I couldn't sleep. Like I couldn't fucking sleep doggy. I, I was like lay down. I'm like, I got three hours sleep the last three days. Like, come on, man. And it's like, you just can't though. And you, it's easy. Like, because you're so freaking out of your element and you feel it. And then everybody you see is like, everybody feels it. And it's like, um, I don't know, man. And it, it's little things like that. Like you would think like, whatever, it's just another meet. No, when you show up at the venue and there's literally, it feels like an international competition that you're in the middle of it. You, you aren't quite the same. You're going to be a little more tense, a little more, whatever it, it will affect you. It, it's a weird thing to, um, it's hard to put your finger on, but there's, it, it will like, affect you it, it's like like when you when you go on a road trip or excuse me when you go on like a field trip in kindergarten or like eighth grade or whatever and like you're like oh it's just a field trip but then like now that you're older you like you cherish those memories it's yeah. like we all know we're on a field trip yeah. and we're all just like giddy and excited and that's yeah. like that's the feeling it's like an adult field trip 
Yeah. And, and yeah, exactly. So you live in the moment when you were on the platform. So tell me about like walk through when you were lifting. Um, what did you feel when you were you nervous when you hit squats? Were you like confident? Um, so as far as the lifting goes, I'm actually fairly good at just kind of blocking everything out. Um, that's like, that's why I carry on and scream and, and I'm being obnoxious because it's just like, it blocks everything out for me because if not, then I overthink things. And so like other people can be calm and like, um, and like stoic. And I respect that. And I, I really like that. Um, but for me, like if I do that, then I start overthinking things. And I mean, you, you know, this, and as a coach, I know this, the best thing you can possibly do is just lift. Mm. And for me, yelling and like carrying on allows me to just lift. And so it's almost like a trigger. Like I've never had that, like get angry trigger. So what I have to do is I have to like scream and like force myself to get like in that like moment and like get out of my head. And so, um, the only thing I was like nervous was like, my depth is always pretty close. Um, usually the hard thing for me is like when I cut my depth gets better because I lose like a bunch of gut mass. I like I have like, I have an autoimmune disease. Um, and so it like, it messes with a lot of like my body and bloating is like a huge thing. And so when I, when I cut weight, my stomach mass, like just shrinks. And so mm. my depth gets a lot better at the meat, but the problem is in training, it's like, it's, it's a little, it's like, it's probably just at parallel, maybe a little bit high on some days if I'm really bloated. And so I know that in a meat I'm fine, but like that's a normal meat. This isn't a normal meat. So like the opener was like, Isaac, whatever you do, you just have to get the opener. Like yeah. I had looked, I'd scoped everybody out. And I'm like, okay, if I get the opener, I'm probably going to get gold on squat. And I, I did just that. I got only my opener and got gold on squat, but I'm like, Isaac, I don't care if you, if you fail the other two, which I did, but I need to get the opener. So that was the main objective. Yeah, it is. Uh, yeah, it's it's a high standard because this, these category refs, like to get in the chair at an international event, you have to put hours in. So they're like the top end in terms of refing. And they, the, the exams and hours they need to put in to get that high. So the standard is like, they're not letting too much get by. Like if they're not sure, it's, ah, you got to convince me on that one though. But all is well, that ends well. And you actually ended up, so you it got better and better for you. You missed your last bench and then went three for three. So as the meet progressed, you were getting better and better. Did you feel that way too? Did you feel like, all right, as long as I got my first squat in, or were you like, holy shit, were you a little shaken after squats or how were you feeling? Um, so it was actually like, I was more like upset with myself, honestly, because it was the easiest weight cut I've ever done. It was the most smooth weight cut I've ever done. It was the best I've ever felt in the warm-up room. So I was like really excited. I'm like, okay, we're going to have a day. And then my opener, I hit like, I hit like a little bit of sticky in the middle that like, you only know if you're the lifter or you're like a really experienced coach. And I could tell, I'm like, okay, I'm not where I want to be. Like on a good day where everything clicks, like you don't have any sticky. And I, I hit a little sticky on my opener, which I, sh I usually never do. So I'm like, okay, I'm in for a day. Like mm. uh, I'm not feeling too hot. Um, but like for me, I, I'm pretty good at breaking things up and just getting over them honestly because i'm i'm very objective so i always tell people i tell joey this a lot is that and he totally understands how i think now it's taken him a while because it's like i think a lot like differently i would say than normal people is i overthink everything i am a huge <laughs> overthinker but i am so objective that it like cancels out the overthinking and so like 
I'll like overthink squats and I'm just like dying in my brain. I'm like, I just failed two squats. I did all this. I did all this. And then I'm warming up for bench and I'm like, okay, Isaac, I know you're overthinking this, but I got to be objective. I need to bench now. And so then I just go and bench and then I get done with bench and I'm like, okay, I missed a bench. Doesn't matter. Like I, I can think about this later. I need to deadlift now. And so like, I'm objective enough to be able to like break those up. Um, and so like, that was like one thing. The other thing was like, like I didn't want to re-hurt my pec and like five kilos, like wasn't worth it to me because what if I re-hurt it? And then I'm like rehabbing for three months and like, mm. I'm already going to win. So like, there's no, or I was already projected to win at least. And so I was like, there's no point in taking this. So then that was like a little bit upsetting, but then going into deadlifts, it was like, <laughs> this is like a stupid mindset, but I don't know if you've ever heard the saying where like, if you fail your third squat, there's like an 80% chance you fail your third dead. Yeah. It, it's, it's, I think it's like, actually at one point it was 67%, which is extremely high. Yeah. If you like, like that's like a three people are going to fail or sorry, three people will actually get the third dead. Like it's extra, out of 10, three out of 10 are going to pull this off. Like that's yeah. a really bad rate. So I was objective enough. Uh, this has happened one other time before, which I ended up going three for three as well. I'm objective enough. <laughs> All I tell myself while I'm warming up, I put my music in and I'm like, you're the fucking anomaly, Isaac. You're the 10%, baby. <laughs> like you're not failing the third dead. And so, so that statistic helps me, like helps me get my third. Dead. You see, you lowered that statistic. <laughs> yeah. You lowered yeah. it right th that day. Yes. <laughs> um, how did it feel when you nailed your third dead and it was all over like did in in you know you're going in the back and you realize like i'm i'm about to collect a gold medal i am a world champion and all that's kicking in knowing like your parents whoever's watching like just watched you become a world champion and, and like did that kick in when did that kick in that honestly kicked in um like a full day later so i actually like i like in the moment, like I told you, like I'm an overthinker. So I have to really get out of my head. So like the happy, the happy emotions, like, like I'll like, I'll be happy, but then it like, it doesn't kick in until all of my, like my adrenaline goes away and I can like actually calm down and focus. Cause I don't think until I'm calmed down. And so like in the back, as soon as I got done with my third dad, it, I was like, I sprint to the back to go watch. Uh, I think it was the Norwegian that it was the Norwegian um, 120, and he was pulling to take my medal. And like, cause I was in gold at that point. And that was all I was focused on was like, like, I, I wonder if he's going to miss. And then he ended up making it. So I'm like, oh darn, whatever. And then after that, we went up to the award ceremony and all I could think about in the award ceremony was how fucking hot it was on top of those stupid podiums. <laughs> so like, I like, and then after that was done, then like everybody's coming up and congratulating me and I'm like really tired. And it was like, it was cool. And then I get back to the hotel room and I go to sleep and I wake up. And then that was when it was like, oh shit. Like we did that. <laughs> that was yeah, that was when it set in. When you um, and the thing is too. So, you you went first in terms of the flex fam, and afterwards, I didn't know at the time till I started. We were talking back at the hotel, and um, I think I was asking you when you go back if you if you're gonna be able to stick around, um, you know, sightsee, take in the venue or whatever. And you're like, my man, I'm I'm handling. And I go, who are you handling? And you're like, everybody, <laughs> like right <laughs> until the end. We're talking in it like. We're talking from Russell Orhi to Keiko to Amanda Lawrence, right to fucking Jesus Oliveras. Like you, you were going right through, man. And some of them um, are going to be a situation like, uh, well, well, we'll we'll get into those stories. But some of them on the surface would have been Amanda Lawrence, easy, smooth sailing. I mean, you don't got to worry too much. 
you ended up having a couple, like, we'll get into that in a second. Holy <laughs> shit. But um, others would be like, for instance, Keiko, that w- you, was going to be a battle. And uh, I remember, so I remember thinking, if Keiko can go like 892 and a half, like he's done before, or let's say he expanded on that, nothing crazy expanded on that, but let's say he ended up 900 kilo. And I remember talking to you in the hotel, being like, look, if Keiko's got, 892 and a half again, or, or 900 kilo, you're pretty good. But if Keiko is around what he was at us raw nationals, or maybe a little less, he's going to have the fight of his life. And this is going to be a battle right to the last deadlift. And it's going to get, it's going to get scary. And um, I remember telling you that, and um, you didn't want to be negative up. Like you were trying to just keep, keep it in, but I could tell the expression on your face. You were like, <laughs> there's like, everything all good my man and then afterwards you confided in me because we saw the battle and it came down to the last deadlift and gustav like had the winning deadlift like it looked like it was gonna happen and um you were like my dude i just fucking knew we weren't at 890 you're you're like when you were telling me that at the hotel i was like yeah no no we should be good we but you said you were inside being like we don't got 890 though And, and thank god you were not like so people stick to the script, like, like you had said earlier, you will adjust because if you chased not real numbers and just try to like, just give him the big pep talk and send him out there and hit it. And he's going to start missing and failing. And he would have, there's no way he would have won that. It took everything he had to win that in yeah. like just if, picking if the right calls. Missed, if he missed any lift, he, he would have lost. Like yeah. if he missed his third, like, like, we were debating on going up like an extra two, like two and a half on his bench and his third bench ended up being a little bit hard because he like, he had a little bit of cramp. Um, and so like, if he would have missed that, he would have lost. So like yeah. everything had to have been perfect. And yeah, exactly. Like you said, I mean, it was like, I had his numbers. So I knew like, I knew what our plan was. And so like, when you told me that what he's going to need is 15 kilos above our plan, I'm, <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah. I mean, I just said runs into like a problem or something. The, the, the poker face was not there that day. I remember like, oh shit, what did I you were like we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a battle. Um, but it started off with Russell. Okay, so at the very least, because he's the first one you handled, right? Yeah. So at least it's the world's this is kind of like I had I given the expression, I think I even said it on the broadcast. This is almost like dad gave you the keys to the limo and you get the, or the keys to the Ferrari and you get to fucking drive that Ferrari. You got the keys to Russell or he at the world championships. And you're like, let's, let's, let's rock and roll here. And um, through that, like he's smashing world records. He's doing, it's the Russell or he show he's doing his damn thing. A good one to start off on no major, you know, holy shit moments. Those would come, but the very least as an icebreaker, you're like, good. Okay. I didn't, I didn't, crash the Ferrari and everything's okay because that would have been terrible. But what was the experience handling Russ back there when it's Russell Orkey at the world championships? Um, so it was like, it was very cool. Um, and it was, like you said, it was a great, like, it was a great icebreaker. It was great to like get my feet wet. Um, and I've handled people before and I consider myself like a very personable handler. And like, I served like, um, waited for, for four years. So like, when you waiter, like your objective is to make them comfortable and then care to their needs. So handling is essentially that with the added, like the added um, work of choosing numbers. And like, I'm very good at numbers because I do it myself. I'm a, I'm, I'm a high-class lifter, which is why it's important in my mind that like, if you're a coach, you have to have like, 
you have to at least lift because like, if not, you don't understand. So like for me, like I'm already running the numbers when I'm competing, that's just myself. So when I'm not competing, there's even less like physical stress. I can just fully focus on the numbers. So it's like, mm. I'm even more present. So, um, I've handled people and I was like, I was very confident in myself. Literally. I was like telling myself this after. So this is actually like three weeks leading into the meet. That was like after the USVI, after we had to go to the USVI or after we like got gifted the opportunity to be able to go to them. That was when, um, Joey had talked about like, he can't go because of outside reasons, which I, I'm not going to say just to respect him. But, um, so that was when he brought it up. He's like, wait, Isaac's a flex coach. Like he can handle them. And I'm like, wait, I can handle them. <laughs> and so I actually got more excited to handle all of them than my own competition. So like that really? was kind of, yeah, no, I literally like the whole meat prep. I'm like, I get to compete, but I get to handle them. This is so cool. Yeah. And so like, I literally, I would have flown out there just to handle them. And so I, um, it was a lot of fun. It was like, so I was like really excited to do it. And I was like, I was like, there's like the excitement nervous. And then there's like the, oh no, I'm going to mess up nervous. And mm. I was the excitement. Nervous. I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited to do this. And so um, handling him was actually like, it was like super easy. I kind of mean like he, he posts a lot of his like, um, like personality and everything like that on YouTube. And like I said, I'm, I'm a very good judge of, of character. So I was able to just adjust to what I thought he needed. And so um, he was super easy. We just, I mean, just load the weights and he lifts. And so um, that was, I mean, no battles was like a plus, but there's little things at worlds where it's like writing down the attempts on an attempt card. Like you don't have to do that at like, at like local meets and stuff like that. And like doing these like little things, which I, I kind of knew about, but like, you don't know until you do them. It's like one of those things where like, you can get, you can get told how to do something, but then when you show up, it's, it's different. And so right. I had like known what the process was, but I also, the benefit of like me lifting first was like, I had a handler that handled me. And so they did all of those things. So I kind of got to see that before I did it, which gave me a lot of like, it took a lot of pressure off. Um, but handling Russ was, it was easy. Um, I just took his feedback and like, I mean, I would handle him like I'd handle anybody. And he was like, I mean, he executed like he always does and, and kept calm. It was more so like, um, I think like, that's the thing too, is like, he knows, he knows, he knew, knew of me and like, I knew of him, but like, especially not having like a coach lifter relationship, you don't like, you don't know, right. You don't know mm. the athlete. And so like, it was like funny because he didn't know like what to tell me. And like, the, I'll give you an example is like, we get to like, we get to like bench warm ups, and he's like, Oh yeah, by the way, like my forearm's been cramping since before I started eating. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, yeah, I didn't want to tell you. Cause I didn't think like, I didn't want you to freak out. Like, it's not a big deal. And I'm like, I mean, I'm not going to freak out because like, I know that that would mess the lifter up, but that was one of those things where like, maybe if he like, if he could have talked to Joey, maybe he would have just told Joey and like, it would have been whatever. But that was like funny. Cause like, he's like, yeah, my forearm's cramping. My chest is cramping. My back's cramping. So you, like, you got the same expression on your face as when I told you about Gustav, you're like, no, that's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was like, I mean, it, it didn't really make me nervous. Cause I knew he'd like, I knew he'd just execute. It was more so like, I was glad that he told me that because then I was able to be like, okay, well now we adjust the plan. Now we can make sure you get some more sodium, make sure you drink like, and do all these things. And so it was like, it was like, Russ was like the perfect person to like, to the handle first, just because of how like comfortable it was. And like, um, just basically 
how like how good that relationship was. I mean, Russ is, I mean, everybody knows Russ is an awesome guy. He's, he's, a, he's a very, very, very good embodiment of the sport and, and everybody should be thankful that we have him. Um, so shout out to him. So it was like, that was a very, like a very positive first person to handle for sure. But being at the world. So here's the thing that Russell, man, the fucking place was jarred when, when it became the 83s. Cause Russ is there when Russ is in the hotel, it's people from all over the world. Russ can't be in the lobby for more than two minutes without a queue forming and people want pictures with him. Um, when Russ comes down, if you're in the other around the corner in the hotel bar, you hear Russ is down and like, you know, and this is people from all over the world talking all different languages, whatever, or, or like, like it's different when it's Russ. So when Russ is there too, and you're at least like, you're not lifting this time. So you could actually take it in and look around that warm up room and you'll see like people from all over the world talking all different languages with all their different national team jerseys on and, and jackets. And there's Russell or he, and there's the media crew all around Russell. And when he goes out there and he's yelling to the crowd, like, let's go, come on. He's hyping the crowd, get behind me. Cause he wants them to buy in on this squad. He's about to hit this world record. He's about to hit. And this is live on the Olympic channel. And literally people from the IOC are, are watching this. Um, they're watching the Olympic channel. And these are like, their decisions being made and there's impact being made if everything goes well. And there's people watching that aren't even powerlifting fans. They're just like throwing things on because it's the Olympic channel and, and the place is packed and the, the like from people from all over the world are in the audience to watch this. And it's a world record and history is being made and you're on the sidelines right there. And I see you. And I'm like, there's Isaac Whistler. Um, and I say like he had compete. There's a junior world champion whom now is, is coaching and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you can actually take in that moment now. You know, you said earlier how you yell and whatnot to get yourself focused. Now you actually have a moment to settle. And now you have to take it in because you're making decisions based off what you see. How different was it then to be like, this is fucking the world's baby. This is the open. And this is like, this is what everybody's talking about. You know, like that must have been a little different. Yeah. I mean, it was for sure different. Um, I think maybe I, for sure, person to person, it's going gonna, it's gonna to differ, right? So my objective was one don't fuck anything up <laughs> and, yeah. then two, two, and then two, yeah. get, get the job done that's what we're here for so honestly like all of those like things you described where like you can like you can like soak it in and do all these things like it's almost like I didn't allow myself that opportunity and I do not regret it at all but like I had a job my job mm. was to handle and to make sure that Russ did his job and like so when he's lifting it's not like I I didn't allow myself to like fanboy and like I didn't like at this point, like in the game and like knowing everybody, there, there's no one that like, it's, it's fuck, fucking awesome meeting people, but there's no one where like, I'm not, I'm not like a, I'm not a brand new lifter. And I don't mm. like, I don't have those like ideologies around people, which like I'm grateful for. And I'm not grateful for, because there's like a, there's like an innocence to it. And I, and I love that. That's and so true. like, it's not like, I, it's not like I remove that self. It's just like, I, I can like, I can reach out to these people and they'll text me back. And I'm so grateful for that. And like, like I, I can talk to these people. So I'm grateful for that. But when it came to the warm up room and like talking to Russ it, and like being there, I mean, I would have like, it would be cool to be able to soak it in and be like, Oh my God, I'm at worlds. I'm handling Russ. This is so cool. And like, I was able to soak it in the three weeks leading into the meet. <laughs> That's, that was when I was like, Oh, cool. I get to do this. But as soon, literally I remember it. Like he was like sitting down, like getting his stuff on and I'm like walking up to him. We're about to start squat warmups. That was when like coach mind sets in. And it's like, I don't care if it's Russ. I don't care if it's 
someone it's their first meet ever i don't care who it is our objective now is to execute and and go nine for nine get as much kilos as we can on the platform and i'm gonna do my best that i can to set them up so like i don't have time to like be excited and like and like do all these things because i have a job to do and like i i don't mean that in like a way of like a way of um kind of like discrediting the opportunity that I had because it is, it is super cool. And I can like, I can be excited about it now, but in the moment with all four of them, um, all four of them, it was like, Hey, we like, I, I knew that like, if I got giddy, I'd like, fuck up. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, 485 kilos. Oh, I accidentally put in the wrong number. Yeah. But like, I didn't want to do that. And so like, I needed to make sure I was like on my P's and Q's. Um, and it was a mix of like nervousness and like, like I'm a coach and I want to do the best job that I can do. So it was like nerves, excitement. And like, I just wanted to do the best that I could do all three of those things um, just kind of combined. So it was different. Um, but for the most part, it was just like, I just had to do my job. It's, it's also like people who will be watching it's 2020 hindsight where it'd be like, yeah, but you know, it, it was Russ. You knew he's going to do this. You knew he's going to do that. Well, that's easy. 2020 hindsight, but every, if, if anything, if the wheels start falling off where Russ misses first two squats, like he had that one raw nationals, if he's facing possible elimination at worlds, well, who do you think people are going to turn to and be like, well, who was handling him? Who did, what was he like in the warmup room? Were you not paying? Everyone can have the game plan walking in. You know how many national team coaches I've talked to where they have lifters come in with a game plan um, you know, their coach that helps program and themselves, they have a game plan, but the day of you, and we just talked about it, about worlds, how things change you, it, it's totally on you. No one else is there to see their warmups, see how the weight cut went, how the way in went. And you have to make adjustments. It can't be along for the ride and just have faith that the plan that was laid out beforehand is going to work. Cause if you don't stay on point to your point where you had to be on Russ is human. Russ can possibly bomb. If he doesn't feel a hundred and he's cutting high, sometimes you cut high because you're not a hundred percent and you're, you're just, it's self-preservation kicks in right before or whatever happens. If it's bench, you could be going good on squats and things are fucking up. Like things happen all the time, you know, and um, we've seen things happen at world. So it is one of those deals where you're like, even with Russ to an extent, everything's going good, but you you got to pay attention and you have to have that communication. Like, are we good? The weigh-in's good. Your re recomp is going well. Cool. And you have to be watching the warmups. That's depth. I agree. That's depth. I know because earlier this week, I got called for two of my calls and like, you have a taste of it. So you could be like, look at man, I'm, I think, you know, where depth is, but I got to call you straight and you have to pay attention. You can't just be around loading weights. And I understand where you're like, when you're back there and it is the world championships, it's on you now. But and people, if he started going a little high, first thing people would say, you got to talk to Joey and Joey would be like, what were his warmups looking like? And you have to answer to that. You know, you would be the guy who was like, well, it's Russ, you know, so I didn't want to, well, but no, <laughs> you don't know, he's relying on you. Like, I know what you mean where, um, yeah, you got a job, man. You can't go in cruise control. Not even for, not even for Russ because yeah. wheels fall off of a bus sometimes. Right. <laughs> Yeah. And it was like, it was after the meet that it was like, we got like, everybody chilled out and like, he, he was like calmed down. Cause he's like in meat mode, obviously. And so like, after that was cool. And, and like, yeah, I mean, just being able to kick, kick it with everybody um, was cool. But like you said, I mean, like I have Joey too. Like if, if like, if Russ makes a mistake, like 
not only is like not only does it look bad from like i mean russ is arguably the most popular powerlifter like drug yeah. powerlifter so like if he if like you said if the, the wheels start falling off they're gonna go to me and not only is everybody gonna go to me joey's gonna go to me too <laughs> i don't want that either so like, yeah it would have, be like what was going on back there <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so i mean thankfully I mean, Joey does what Joey does and, and he, he set out great plans for everybody. We had to make, I mean, there was, there was a lot of like game town calls that we had to change and like, um, it happens at every meet. Like, and if you're a handler that like, you have your plan and you're like, no, this is the plan. Like, I'm not going to tell you you're doing it wrong, but like you're, you're doing a discredit to your, your lifters because things change. Like, like Russ looks like he, he has more on his, on bench, but like he told me, Hey, my back's kind of cramping up. Like. I don't know if I want a big jump, like, okay, we're taking a small jump. We're building a total. And so like it, like it, but if you like try and stick to the plan, maybe that comes back and like backfires on you. So it's like, it's, it's a lot of just like, like you need to listen to the lifter, but you also need to be objective enough to like, understand that, like, if they like, if they're overreacting, then you need to like, you need to understand, like, you need to tell them that like, they need to calm down. And like, it goes both ways. Cause you don't want to like, you don't want your lifter to like, like shortchange themselves, but you also don't want to make them overreach because they're overconfident. And that two and a half kilo that you might leave on the table for bench. Yeah. Tighten up your back, make somebody grind for two and a half kilo so that it impacts her deadlift for 10 kilo. Like it, it's that whole not worth say less. We're going two and a half kilo less. You'll be fresh for deads and you'll smoke deads and make way more than that on deads. Like it's one of those, but that's at that moment that you have to make those decisions. Right. Um, so if Russ was smooth sailing, it like, you know, it could have not, but it was fucking your next one is where <laughs> you probably almost had a heart attack. And yeah. I'm going to tell you right now. So we, I already said in the hotel lobby, we had that conversation and, and I'm like, but you'll be good. Cause he's a, he's a nine, he's a 890 type of guy. And you're like, fuck, no, he's not. I don't think. And, and, uh, and you're like, I think we got a fight coming. And it ended up being, holy smokes, a battle, my friend. Um, tell me about when, like, tell me about the Kaiko, because obviously we, we all seen right down to the end. My God, Gustav had that deadlift up and going. And watching it live, I thought, I fucking thought he might have had it. But the whole day was back and forth from squats to bench, right up into the pulls. So tell me a little bit, like, how nervous you were in the whole, because for what, listen, Kaiko was walking around like the uncrowned champion and damn near almost didn't get crowned. Like this was, you must have been, if, if Russ, you were too stressed. So walk me through the Keiko battle, which is probably the battle of the, of the whole entire world championships. And you happen to be the handler for it. So, I mean, I'd like, like, firstly, like, I honestly, I, I'm very grateful, but like, to me, when I have like a really tight battle going on, it's not like stress. It's just, there's numbers and I need to figure out the numbers. And so that's how I see it. I don't see it as like, oh my gosh, if he misses this lift, we lose. We got to do this, like all this and that. Like, I mean, like you just can't do that. So for me, it's like a numbers game. And like, that's like, I feel like in my element because that's all it is. So after Keiko's squats, um, Keiko has, he said he had like problems with depth, um, before he's had problems. I think he said in 2018 or 2019 with depth. So, so he was pretty, um, like he was making sure that he was like making sure he was on. Um, and so he was a little bit like, um, reluctant on that. And I'm like, I'm like, Hey, you're, you're good. We're fine. And so we go into that. Um, and Keiko like bless his heart only had the small amount of time to prep for this as well. 
Um, but he like, he came in super, super light to nationals. I mean, you probably know the story um, of his travel and how bad that was. So he was, he was in a better weight situation than then. So I knew that like, I knew he was probably going to be in a good spot. So we ended up like, um, we ended up doing like our, our, our squats. Um, I think we went like a, we went a little bit lower on squats than, than yeah, we had two, 292 and a half and Gustav ended off three, three twelve and a half. And if I'm honest, when I was commentating, I knew that was like less than, than Keiko had previously hit. Um, and I, and that's fine because you adjust to what you have and it was appropriate. Like when you watch the third squat, you could have been, let's, let's load up more. And it, and if he fucking failed, we already told yeah. you the percentages of failing, but I was thinking, holy shit, this is good. He's quite a bit behind right now. Like this was, it, 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 we knew Gustav had a fucking deadlift on him. And we knew Keiko's going to catch up on bench. Like, were you guys, there was a little expression on Keiko's face. Like, what did it feel like on your end? Were you, when he was like, I think he was, what's the math on that? Is he 20? Yeah, he's 20 kilo behind. When you're 20 kilo behind after squats, were you guys like, whew, all right, Jesus. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, like, I mean, Worlds is fast. So like, we, we didn't have, we didn't have time to be like, shit, we're behind. We didn't have time to do that because like, he was hot. Like it was hot in the warm up room. We were like making sure he's cooled down, making sure he's getting his fluids. His back was tight. So we made sure like he's getting these like sodium and everything. Right. So the, like, this is like, like I, what I said with like game time calls, you have, we have like a top end third and a low end third for squats. We ended up going two and a half lower than the top end third, just because we weren't confident in the low end and it's, we cannot give up that squat as proven by what happened. So we went two and a half lower and it was, it was the right call. It was perfect. What like he, he didn't, he didn't have two and a half more. So um, basically like we could be like, Oh, we're behind. We got to change our numbers, do this. But like, like I'm under the philosophy under my own training. And when I handle is if we can squeeze out as much as we can out of your lifts, I don't give a fuck what the other person does. If you couldn't have done two and a half more kilos and you lose by two and a half kilos, like if that's simple math, you couldn't have done anything more. So like the objective for me and like when I'm handling is always pick the right numbers, go three for three, get as much out as you can. Because if you do that and, and they win and they're stronger, then you just lose because you didn't have it enough on the day. The problem is when you start chasing. And so like, you want to make sure you pick the right number. You want to make sure you don't put extra on the bar. You want to make sure you don't put enough on the bar. You want to make sure it's the right number, but you also want to make sure that you tap them out. And so, um, so we knew that like, we were going to have, we were going to be up on bench. So we basically just, I mean, after squats, it was making sure he's calmed down and making sure he's cooled down. Um, so he, we did that. And then, um, once he started benching after bench was when we were like, okay, where are we at? So then we realized we were eight kilos ahead going into deadlifts, which isn't much. <laughs> so no, not for deadlifts. Yes. Not, when, not, not, we all know how the story ends, but like, yeah. that was mad tight. That was, that was like going into deads. Were you, what were you thinking? Were you like, holy fuck? Like, were you talking, was Joey calling in and you guys were like, holy shit, man. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> that was like, so bench went, went great. Um, I told you like we were bouncing between the high end and the low end of bench. And then like, we, we and you got a world record. You got a chip. You got, you got, you got some things out of it. Yeah, exactly. And so we're going into dads. We know we're eight kilos uh, ahead, which isn't much when we know that Gustav can pull, pull very large. And so we're like, okay, like, how are we going to go about this? So we end up going opener second. Those go pretty decent. So then that's when like, that's when Joey's tapped in and we're talking and we're like, we're like back and forth. And 
we had to kind of decide what we were going to do. So it was, I don't know. I'm just, I'm not going to do the kilo. So I'm sorry to the Europeans, but um, it was 750, 755 or 760. And that was like, those were our three, like that, like the numbers that he had planned were higher than that, but like, that's what he had on the day. And that's like where the handling comes in. So those were the three numbers. 750, a safe number. We take that. Gustav has to pull eight and a half kilos more than 750. So he had to pull 770, I think. So we're like, okay, we could do that. That's the safest option. I'm I'm for sure like 750 Keiko has. I don't know if he has 755 I, in the moment after a second. I'm like, shit, I don't know. That was pretty hard. There was like a little sticky. So then I'm like, I don't know. So then I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, I kind of really am liking the 750 just because it's, it's better to do that than to just go up two and a half, possibly like, like lower your chances of getting it by 20%. And then it's over, over. It's so, over. He, yeah, I it's can't over. emphasize for anyone listening. He doesn't hit Keiko misses you pick wrong and it's over. Yeah. The uncrowned champion never becomes champion. Not like <laughs> it was so tense. So, I can't, and you, Oh, by the way, you got 60 seconds, make your decision. <laughs> Well, we could change numbers. Although, yeah, true, but you're going to go first. But yes, yeah. but uh, yeah. So we were thinking about all these things in the warm-up room. And so then I ended up like going to Keiko and I'm like, Keiko, what, what number do you think you have on the day? And he asks me what he just pulled and I tell him. And I'm like, what do you think you have? And he goes, uh, 755, 760. He's like, I think I have like 760. I'm like, I'm like, you know, you can hit 760. And he goes, he goes, I'm going to hit whatever I need to, to win. I said, but you know, you can hit 760. And he's like, well, well, yeah. And I'm like, perfect. We're going 755. And so, (laughs) so, so that's like, that's what I do. Right. Because in my mind, if he says he has 750, no fucking shot. He misses seven. Or if he says he has 760, no shot. He misses 755. Right. Right. Like, I think I only got 755. I'm only going 750. Like, because it's not worth that 50 50 so when he told me he thought he had 760 which in my mind i didn't think he had and to be fair i'm not gonna toot my own horn but he didn't like no he was tapped out so he i mean like so he told me 760 i'm like done we're putting in 755 and so we put it in it's like the perfect number honestly after gustav's second i know from the front they looked great from behind i could tell he was over the bar and so like i know you said that like from your angle it looked like he almost had that deadlift from my angle, we were at like where we put in numbers at the table. Um, at wh- where we were, it didn't look like he was that close. It looked like it looked like even two and a half lower, and I don't think he would have had it. I think he would have had to gone five lower. Um, but that's just my own personal opinion from that angle, at least. Um, and so, like, uh, yeah, it was like so. After he pulled that, we're like, okay, we're good. And like after, <laughs> it's actually like it was funny. He comes off, and he's like. He's like, what was that? I was like, 755. And he's like, well, did I win? And I'm like, I, and I'm like, as he's telling me, I'm walking him behind the curtain to where you put in the numbers so that you can see the lift, like see like the, the, the lifters platform. And I'm like, Keiko, come over here, come over here. I'm like shooing him. I'm like, come on, come on. Dude, I win. You're like, you're asking me all these questions. And he's like, he's like, well, like, did I win? What did I pull? And I'm like, Keiko, I'm like, watch this. And he turns and he stops talking. And I'm like, if he gets this, you lose. If he, if he drops it, you win. It's the worst worst dog. So, so we're like, we're both just standing there watching it. And he like, he rips it. He gets it three fourths of the way up, drops it. And Keiko looks at me and I'm like, dude, you won. And we just fucking hug. We're like, let's fucking go. Holy shit. It's um, 
Yeah, it, it's tough when you're going first. I've seen it like you see it many times where you have to the exact situation you're describing where I need to bring you as close to your edge as possible to force the hand of the bigger deadlifter coming after us, but you can't tip over. And what you did there was a pretty good, good idea of saying, give me a verbal contract. Where do you think you're at? And when they say 760, you're like, good. Cause when I put in 755, you have no excuses. And you're, and when you make them say 760, you're sure 760. And they see back, I'm sure 760. They're so mentally firm. You're like, good. So when I put in 755, that should be no question. Then. Yeah. And then mentally they're like, for sure. Should not. Yeah. And that's a huge deal when you go in there with confidence to hit something. Cause if you don't think if you're iffy, it's just not going to move. We all know this. Right. Um, and in terms of Gustav's dead, I don't know what it looked like from the back, but my man from the front, uh, that shit, went, it came up over his knees and then it got away from him. His knees locked early and it got away from him. But I, for a second, was like, oh, holy shit. And Gustav said he pulled 350. Um, like he doesn't show shit. He doesn't show his training numbers purposely. So when it comes time to, cause he had a, he had anticipated pulling last. So he didn't want people to know where his top end barometer, you knew kind of where it'd be, but he doesn't want you to totally know. So when you're having this conversation with your athlete, you have to be, you're operating in darkness. And he said, he's doing these kind of things. Um, but he said he'd hit 350 in the gym. So he was thinking 352 should be there. And, uh, afterwards he was like, fuck, I, th I think, I think I got this. Like, I think I get hit. Not now, not today. And, and whatever it is, whatever he, he, he's good with it. He's a professional about it, but he's like, but next time we'll go next time. But dude, it was such a good show right down to the very last drop. Like that was, that was, um, that was it, buddy. You were in the battle of the IPF world's knee deep into that handling and you did a phenomenal job like how did it feel afterwards to be like we we did our damn thing there that's that's where i earn my stripes is handling i'm i'm gonna oh, i can't believe i'm gonna say this but i'm gonna say it so keiko me and keiko we hug and i'm like super lit and then we get to the back and he's he's hugging nina and they're crying and i'm like oh this is so surreal and then i start thinking about it and i'm like damn like all he's had to go through and like i know keiko's story and like he's gone through a lot, like more than anyone like would know. And so then like, I was looking at them. I just start fucking crying. Ah. <laughs> I just start crying. And like, I was like bawling my eyes out back there. And I was like, after the meet, I'm like yelling at him. Like, listen here, you asshole. You made me cry. Like, why are you going to do that to me? Um, but it was like, it was, it was very, 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 very cool. And like, I don't know, for me, it's like, it's not like, I don't see it as like these, these world title, like super, like, like, I don't see it as like this big pressure opportunity. All I see it as there's this person and their objective is to do as best as they can. And that's what matters to me. I don't care if it's a local meet. I don't care if it's non-fed meat. I don't care what it is. If I can, if I can take someone and handle them and give them like the best meat that they could have, then like, that's the most fulfillment I can get. Whether that be a, a close pull down for the win worlds or like some regular local meat, it, it means the same to me if the person is like happy with their performance, because that's like my job to do. Put it this way though. Okay. Five years later, we still talk about hack versus Gibbs. And it was right down to the last dead exact same situation. Gibbs loaded up for the win to take it from hack and got it right up above his knees. And it was a like, Holy shit moment. It was, it was a battle we talk about to this day. Um, there's 
you it maybe it hasn't dawned on you yet. I'm I'm but grateful you, to be in the position. <laughs> you don't really you don't realize yet, but years from now, people are gonna talk about that battle. And um, like they will. That was the battle of the worlds where it came right down to the last deadlift and no one knew who's gonna win. And um five years from now, people are gonna talk about it. And I'm you like, were in there, and you'll have that story. It's kind of like being like a lineman, right? I'm like the, the a handler is like the lineman. We got a fucking job to do. We got to protect the quarterback. We got to score touchdowns, but we don't get like, I mean, they'll talk about the battle, but they're not going to be like, oh yeah, Isaac Whistler was in there handling. He did great. Uh, but, you, but, but when you say that story, it's totally different. Like yeah. when, when people bring that up and, and they may or may not be aware. Maybe they may, like, I'm sure, well, if you, as soon as you see the video, you're on the sidelines, and, and I mentioned it several times. But um, I think, I like, during the broadcast, I'm like, Isaac is really in the middle of something right now. Like, he's stuck around, and he's found himself in the battle. Yeah. Um, but when you retell this story, it's going to be like, yeah, no, I was there. I was handling, and I was in yeah. the middle of this, and it was, it was nerve-wracking until the end, and then afterwards we cried and whatever. Like, it's different. It's one of those life experiences, man, that uh, money can't buy. Yeah. But, um, okay, so moving on to the next one, Amanda Lawrence. So <laughs> initially, I know, we, it's, <laughs> look, at, so this is one that walking in, would have been initially at the front end, um, like, oh, we got this. We're like 100 kilo and we're like, we're laughing, right? Um, but when I'll, I'll say what I saw. So we seen each other at the weigh-ins and you guys again had that, that look of concern in your face. I'm like, what's up, man? And you were like, doggy, like Amanda's in the washroom. She is throwing up and she is like, she's, it is not good. And I'm like, really? And, um, and Amanda's, you know, she's so like cheerful and like, like down to earth, whatever. And I know she comes off like you wouldn't think she's got that warrior mentality, but my God, when you end up seeing what she did, but before she did what she did, I remember that was a conversation at the weigh-in and it was scary. And I remember thinking like, well, that's not good. I mean, let alone other competitors, if you're like literally throwing up you're, what do you load the bar with? Like when we were talking earlier about people bombing out, if you don't adjust, you're not careful. This is when it happens. This is when, like, like Ray, Ray Williams, whom, like, you know, Invincible Ray bombed out because he showed up sick. It was communicated, but not stressed enough. And it was Matt Gary handling, the legendary Matt Gary handling, the guy who literally wrote the book on how to handle, legit wrote a course on how to handle. And the communication wasn't there. Totally. Not enough. Not stressed enough. And he ends up bombing out. And Matt afterwards, like, I should have went like way lighter. And I'm like, you did drop lighter, but like, you don't know, no, you know, you can't feel what they feel. So when you're in your position and someone's barfing and someone's whatever, and it's like, okay, are you bad, bad? Like, are you, we've all been sick where it's like, I, if I do warm up weight, I'm not going to make it. Or are you just like, not great. And I went into the warm up room just to preface this for anyone to know, like what it was like. I remember the look of concern on Amanda's face was like, bad and i remember like bad okay and i've known amanda for a few years had her on the podcast a bunch and you start like having a connection with people you feel bad when they're in that situation they're about to oh shit i don't know what's going to happen to her if she bombs or whatever and i went over to her and i'm like hey you like went over and just gave her a hug to like hey you're doing good like it's okay you got this and i reached and gave her a hug and like pulled her in like this and 
Um, like, you know, just so, so it's okay. It's okay. Like you, because I heard she was barfing, whatever. And you just want to comfort somebody. And I could feel her sweat from her forehead in her, in her hair. And I was like, holy shit. But I didn't want to react, but I was thinking, oh no, like she's like mad, cold sweats bad, but I didn't, you know, but, but so, but she was like, so tough. She's like, I just think I had some orange juice is a little acidic from my stomach. So it came out and, and the way she's talking and you're like, man, she threw up, it ricocheted off her hands into her face. Like, I don't know what I'm dealing with. We're going to have to see with warmups. And I'm, I, I couldn't see warmups. Obviously I got to go back to the booth and I'm like, Holy fuck. I waited with bated breath when she hit that first squat to be like, how is this going to go? So what were you guys thinking back there? Were you at like, how nervous were you? Well, yeah, there's a lot going on in the Amanda section. <laughs> yeah. So it was, so like I said, like before, it, when you're handling somebody, you have to like find out their personality and everybody's different. Like Russ doesn't need anything. You just load the bar. That's it. And then other people, it's not a bad thing, but they need like, they need multiple things and they, and they need you to like reassure them or they need like whatever. Right. And that's okay. They're, like different people are different, but like not being their coach, you don't know because you're not interacting with them on a daily basis. I've talked to Amanda maybe three times through text before this mm. so um so like that's what i'm saying like i don't i don't know these people russ i i don't think i've ever i never talked to russ before i handled him ever dude see you know what people this is good that you said that because some people assume you're flex fam um whatever the shit you must talk in like a group chat all the time or whatever the shit yeah not the case oh, well, yes so there was like a flex worlds chat which i guess he was in there but i had never like one-on-one -on -one talked to him but yeah right. no i'm so i would like Keiko, I talked a little bit, but I think I'd never, I talked to him maybe twice in person. Um, Jesus was the only one that I was like comfortable with. And so he was the one that like, I don't know if you saw, but I was like jumping up and down and like hyped for him because he's like, like we were on like a friend level. Everyone else, it was like business. I mean, it was business with his, him too. But anyways, so Amanda. So um, Amanda, like she knows, like when, when she's in meat mode, she's like, she's, she's got a lot going on, which is like, that's how I lift as well. So I don't, I don't blame her at all. But she told me like after the meet, she was like, oh, she like apologized for like how she is at a meet, but I, I didn't care at all. I didn't mind it because it's my job. And so, um, so it starts out, she weighs in, she comes off of weigh-ins. She, she downs a Powerade with a triorl in it. And I mean, I looked away, looked back, it was gone. She downed oh that thing. God. So I'm like, okay, well, she's hydrating. Okay, awesome. So then we walk back to like our food. I think she goes, she goes another whole Gatorade with a half a triorl in it and then another Gatorade. So she's like three Gatorades deep. And then um, she like the food options, in, it's in Sweden. Like she doesn't have what she would normally want. So I'm like telling her what to eat, this and that. And so then like, she like, she seems great. Right. She seems completely fine. So I actually like, like, <laughs> I like, I left for a minute to go to like, go see the last deadlifts in person. Cause I think there was like three left. So I, I left for probably three minutes. Cause she seemed totally fine. All I was going to do was sit there and watch her eat. So I'm like, okay, whatever. So I'll go watch the lifts, come back maybe two, three minutes later. And I, as I walk in, I see her getting up, which was perfect because I was like, okay, we got about like an hour and 20 minutes before she starts lifting i'm gonna have her get up move around a little bit because i know that like especially after a weight cut after not being able to eat anything after not after being dehydrated after all these things if this is like a tip for anybody like if you if you just eat all your food and drink all your food and just sit there you're in for a bad time you need to get up and move around and let things settle so i was like okay it's, it's been enough time she probably ate and drank a little bit more while i was gone i'm gonna go ahead and like tell her to get up so i come in i come into the the, con the conference like uh, cafeteria room 
and I see her get up and like start walking like like away from kind of away from me but like diagonally and so I'm like okay awesome I'm like hey Amanda like perfect for getting up and she doesn't say anything and I look at Calvin I'm like is she okay and he's like no she's like she's feeling a little nauseous and I was like hey Amanda like you okay and she's just like no and I'm like oh oh okay and I was like well just walk around a little bit and I like I sit down and so she kind of like does a loop and then she goes out into like she goes out into the hallway and then she like and then I could tell that she was like it was like right at that moment when she turned around I was like okay like like it's like you know when someone's about to throw up when they kind of like they kind of like stop moving and like so I was like fuck okay so then she ends up like throwing up and like she was like embarrassed about it but I I, I was like like it's fine like we, we're here to lift like it, it happens um and so I was like I was like really nervous after that but I was like okay like it, it happened early enough that we were okay the problem was that it I think we sat down we got her cleaned off we, we changed her clothes and then um the problem was every probably sub five minutes I'd be like hey Amanda like we gotta we gotta be hydrated we're, we're not only did we cut we, we threw up some liquids I'm like we, we gotta hydrate and she's like if I if I drink this I'm gonna throw up I'm like, oh, okay no. so it was probably so we had probably about an hour and 10 minutes it was probably 40 minutes of me doing that and so it was like hey Amanda you gotta drink something and she's like I, I can't and I'm like okay that's okay and so it was like four and then she'd tell me she's like i need to drink and i'm like yeah you do go ahead and drink this and she's like no no i'm gonna throw up <laughs> so oh, it was like no. it was like it was almost like it was probably like close to like an hour of that and so then we like we walked to the back to the warm-up room she's like dressed she's ready and i'm like we're like try like i'm like just take sips do anything you can she eats some like some like sour strips um and then like eat something else and she's like i can eat a little bit but i just can't drink anything and I'm like, okay, like, we're just going to have to fucking run it. And so like, she's starting to warm up. And I think like, that was right when you came in. So she was just, that was like, that was when you came in was right when she started warming up. And then like, so she was like, she was deep in like, um, not great territory. The good thing was oh, dog, she was not <laughs> up like the orange juice. She still had like three power aids in her. And I think, and like two triorals. So it wasn't like she threw up everything. She also ate some rice, I think, um, which like was good. So she had calories and she probably had close to a thousand calories in her plus like a, like a couple power rates. So I wasn't too nervous. The problem was, I mean, if you're an athlete and you just threw up and you know that you need to rehydrate and you can't, and you're sick to your stomach and you got to lift in 30 minutes, you're nervous. Yeah. Like, yeah. like you're not going to be calm. So I'm like doing everything I can. And it, it was like, so I think we were at two reds and this was the point where she was still like, she was still shook. And, and like, I'm, I'm very like, I don't like confrontation. And so like, this was one thing that like, I had to get out of my comfort zone, but I knew it's like, I knew I needed to do it. I like <laughs> I had her take her music out and she was like, she was like out of it, but not like zoned out. She was just like kind out. And I like, I literally like, I looked at her and I'm like, Amanda, I'm like, I understand. Like she, she asked me, she was like, well, how much, like, how much do you think? Like I threw up because I need to like, I need to do like, I need to get that water back in me. And I'm like, I, I looked at her and I was like, Amanda, I was like, I understand you think you need water. The problem is that you cannot get water right now because you feel like you're going to throw up. I was like, but right now I need you to focus on lifting. I was like, we are here. Like we're lifting, right? I know that you, you need this water and you need to hydrate and it's not good that you threw up, but we're, it's over. We need to lift now. And she's like, okay, like, like, let's, 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 let's do this. And then that was, that was kind of like, that was everything else was climbing up the mountain. And then it was kind of downhill from there and we were good, um, relatively good, but 
um, that was like, that was the point. She also had told me that like, she's thrown up in her past three meets, but mm. it was drinking too much water. And so she'd only, she'd force herself to throw up the extra water. So like that also gave me reassurance. And so then like, th- she said that this one was different though. And that was what was stressing her out was like, she just threw up like the other ones. She'd like force herself to throw up because she drank too much water. So like this one, she was like, no, it's different. And I'm like, I don't care if it's different, Amanda, we have to lift. And so she ends up doing her warmups and like, they were okay. She, the other problem too, is she, she's like, she squats very like on the line as well. Um, and so she's like very hyper-focused on depth to make sure that we don't bomb because not only is it a strength thing now, it's a, it's a, it's a depth thing too. So she ends up like, I don't think I told her this, but she went for three reds and she like, didn't have a belt on and she goes for it. It was, <laughs> I was behind her. I would be straight up. It was slow. And I'm like, Oh, fuck. <laughs> gets it for a double. And so I'm like, wait, what? And so I'm like, okay, I apparently just don't know how she lifts. And so then she like racks it and she does one more warm up. And I like make her put her belt on and she tells me that she's bloated. I'm like, that's great. I'm like, that's, that's, that's awesome. She's like, I feel bloated, but I, I can't get water in me. And I'm like, Amanda, it doesn't care. I don't, I don't care if you don't have water in you. If you feel bloated, like we just need to lift now. And so she's like, okay. So then we end up going out for our opener. She gets it. And we're like, okay, we're in the meet. We're great. We're awesome. We go for our second. Um, we, I would have taken me and Joey both wanted to take a little bit lower, but um, that was like the world record, which she wanted. She wanted the world record squat, but then also we're competing with Laya for best lifter. So that was the whole goal was best lifter. So like her third squat, we need, we thought that we needed that third squat, that weight to hit best lifter. So we put a little bit more on the bar than we wanted to um, me and Joey, because like, we thought we like needed that, like that amount of weight because um, we knew what she, we knew about what she was going to bench and about what she was going to pull. And like, we had done the numbers. And so like, we thought that she needed, needed that number. So we, we had to do, it was basically like, Hey, we know that you're probably going to win because of like how things shaked up. And um, the, the, the Russian lifter, excuse me for not knowing her name. Um, she like her squats were okay, but they weren't like anything that was like, okay, we're going to like, we have a fight today. Right. And so we are like, okay, well, we're going to load it up. And I was basically like the first two, Amanda was still like, not quite in it. And then after, after I told, after like we put in her third squat, she's like, well, how much did we go up by? What did I just do? Like, what, what are the numbers? And I looked at her and I was like, Amanda, it doesn't fucking matter. I was like, the, the weight is in, you have to squat it now. And she's like, okay. And then she got into it. She started screaming. She's getting hyped. She was herself for her third. And that was when she started really coming back. Um, she ended up like missing it um, just barely, but I think like we were going to go like, like if we went two and a half lower, she might, might've gotten that. Um, but it was just one of those like things where like you had to put it on the bar. So we thought, so then we get to bench and her bench was flying. She felt great. She got a little bit of food in her. She sat down and was like starting to eat. And because it was so fast, her whole meat got done in two hours and six minutes. We did the math. And so, um, she was like sitting down to eat. She had, she had like three graham crackers and I was like, all right, Amanda, you have to come warm up for bench. And she just gave me that like sad, like, I don't want to, I want to eat these things. Yeah. And she told me after the meet that she was like, so upset that I told her she had to warm up for bench, but <laughs> then like her bench ended up flying. And then, um, we ended up taking, we ended up getting two and a half more than we wanted on bench. So that kind of made up a little bit for the squat. So then she pulled for best lifter. And like one of the calculations that like they ended up not doing was that like, she, she weighed in light. She weighed in 0.8 kilos light. So when we, when they were calculating best lifter, we thought she needed to hit that squat, but that squat was in 84 kilos, like mm. that, that number. but she weighed in at 83.2 and they didn't use that, like that number, that weight. 
Ah, gotcha. So um, we could have went like two and a half lower on the squat. And then like we would have had an easier time on deadlifts, but deadlifts were flying. Um, By that point, she was able to get a little bit more water in her um, and was feeling herself and then ended up pulling. That was actually, I think that bench was a meat PR. And then that deadlift was a meat PR actually. So um, that was super good on her to, to kind of turn it around, especially after everything that happened. Dude, when she came out for a world record second attempt squat, I remember thinking like, oh my God, if she pulls this off with what I seen when I was backstage, um, I was like, holy smokes. I was getting a little nervous. Like people wouldn't know the drama behind it. And um, and it's Angelina Lovakova's the Russian you're thinking about. And um, Angelina herself was was lighter body weight and her total came down as well. So she, we had anticipated at like 77 kilo, Angelina did a 565 kilo total and we thought her as an 84 going up like from 77 kilo to um 84 like another seven because she was 85 kilo coming like in training we're thinking like angelina might get closer to 600 but that's not going to be enough for to beat amanda and then when i saw amanda i was like oh shit like i don't know where amanda's at but Angelina, um, her total ended up coming down from previous, which was a bit of a surprise. And then Amanda hit that world record squat. And I was like, okay, the strength is there. It might not be, who knows if it's like 100% what she's done before, but it's it's barometer wise. We're within range. She's not going to lose. She'll be okay. She's not whatever. So she, like when you she missed her um, third squat, she ended up getting all three bench, all three deadlift, world record deadlift, world record total, world record squat, you know, getting three world records, obviously winning the goals, like all's well that ends well. But there was some dicey moments that it, it, it came down to, like you had to do what you had to do in terms of like, you know, hopping in there and your confidence breeds confidence in the lifter. I've been in that situation before too, where I, I've had like a terrible weight cut and that's when, and you're shaky. And that's when the person handling you in real, like they're right in front of you is like, I'm not worried. And now you're not as worried, but if they're wearing it and you see it on their face, your fucking worry isn't going away. And it impact cortisol levels, the whole nine, it impacts you physically. That's it's fact, yeah. you know, cortisol levels will, will rattle you and you'll get, you'll lose energy quicker the whole nine. It's there's, it will impact you physically. You need to be calm. Like you did where you're like, let me, let me grab the wheel here for a second and just kind of, you know, get the lifter at ease. Like I need you to focus on this. Nothing else matters. You warm up. We're good. And, and bring it back. And that's part of it, man. That's part of being the handler when you're back there. It's it when, you know, you could have a robot doing it for you, or you could have a human who, like you had said, you lift, you've been there, you've done that. You felt the feelings and you could be like, let me get you where I need you to be present and, um, and just focus on this. And Amanda, with whatever she felt, turning it around and fucking putting together the day she did. And she probably felt terrible. Puking is the worst feeling. And when you think you're going to puke, there's no worse feeling. Now think you're going to puke. And then let me throw you under some world record bar and, and fucking max squat. That's, that is god awful. That is the worst feeling ever. And Amanda is... She's like, you picture, you, you hear her talk and she's like the sweet kid. 
believe me, she's a tiger tigress on that fucking platform when she needs to be. She'll pull it together. Like it probably helped having you there for sure because she's not in it alone. But um, she pulled it together, man. World record squat, world record dead, world record total. And uh, what could have been the smooth sailing session ended up being a dicey one. But it's another experience, right? Yeah, yeah it was awesome. I mean, like she did, she did everything. Like, I mean, she did as good as she could have done. And like, yeah. like given the circumstances and she's, she, I mean, she's a baller. Like she, she just, she showed up. And, and I think that like, some people just have that right and and she's just one of those people that has it and it was like it was it was cool to like like it was cool after i could calm down and like she was like she was calm to be able to talk and be like holy shit we actually just did that like (laughs) holy shit that got scary huh (laughs) (laughs) so like but i mean yeah all the props to her like like you said like like multiple world records like went six for six after that like yeah. She she did everything she could have done and like ended up with a, a meat PR bench and a meat PR deadlift. Yeah, like, huge. like huge at worlds after throwing up and missing a third squat. Yeah. Like, it's just huge, just insane. And so like, yeah, it was like, it was, it was very like, just, I mean, mo- like you said, most people won't know this, but like, like, mo- like won't know this story, but I think it just even further proves her just like, like the dominance like that she has as a lifter and her mentality. The mental resolve to come back, man. It's easy when you, when you have an excuse, but, um, and like, I can only imagine, man, I would hate to be in that situation. Like, you know, and be like, Oh, fuck me. Load up the world, <laughs> load up the world record for the second. And we're like, we're going in, we're going to find out real quick if I'm hundred percent or not. I have no idea. We're about to find out. Um, so then it brings us to Jesus Oliveras, which here's where things were I, on the preview show couple of my colleagues were like watching us that you know with world with the world championship the level you know in terms of the standard the whole night and some of my colleagues in the on the preview show were like we're worried about um squat depth he's a young guy hasn't been at this it's his first world debut so squat depth possible lockout issues on deads like worried about it strength no doubt but then walking in there that was a question mark and then in this pack, I had said on the broadcast, I'll stitch hyperbolic, but nonetheless, I was like walking around that warm-up room is like walking around a hall of fame for the IPF. Cause you have three to four time world champion kind of all have, you have in and out of, uh, in and out of equipment, world champion, David Lupak. You got Eric Willis as a world champion. You have like three or four world champions walking around back there. And then you got a young man who's about to break all these world records and Jesus Oliveras and possibly become a world champion. And that equals off like how many world champions do you have in one warm-up room? And you're walking around and these men are giants among giants. It's a humbling feeling to walk around men that large and a humbling feeling when literally if I lined up all the world titles, Conovalov himself has got like four of them, including world games and whatever. Like it's a fucking phenomenal humbling experience walking around back there. And um, obviously with Jesus stepping up the way he did, no question on depth. I think he went, uh, yeah, he went three for three on depth, three for three on bench and right up until his last pull. And it was already done anyways. It was like a fun pull in his last pull. Like, but going in there, how was that like when you were in the warm up room, like Conovalov didn't, Conovalov had his, his, you know, he had a terrible day. 
Um, some of these guys are terrible. Eric Willis, former world champion had a great day. Like it was hit and miss, which happens. Right. But, um, what was the feeling like for the, for the 120 plus? Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, I feel like this is like, I feel like it goes under saying, um, just as every other lifter, like where if you think about everybody else, you have to keep them in mind. You always have to keep them in mind that you, you got to do your due diligence, but yeah. if you focus on them and hyper-focus on them, you're going to mess up because you're going to be chasing things, which I mean, like happened with it. Like Amanda, not like, not like, not like it was our fault, but like we, we, we needed something. So we chased it and then we didn't get it. And so like, that's the hard part. Fair. So with, with like Jesus, it was, I mean, with all lifters and Jesus, it was like, Hey, just get in and execute. That's all we got to fucking do. So I like, again, I'm not his coach, like Joey, big Joey's the coach. So like, I'm just in there to handle. So like when it comes to grip issues, lockout issues, all these things, I, the only thing I can do is, Hey, Jesus, make sure you lock out and grip, like grip onto the bar. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'm like not, in, in, in the squat. So you could be like, uh, and you probably were like, you're paying attention to depth and because yes. you know where depth is. And, yeah. and the good thing is by the time Jesus got there, you had tasted it yourself. Then with Russ, then with Keiko, then with Amanda. So you're like, homie, I know what the strike zone is. Um, if you're good, you're good. And you were there. And like, obviously he was good, but that's where you'd be like, I got you on the strike zone. So get in the strike. There it is. Okay what you felt right here, I need you to do that on platform. You'll be okay. And it obviously worked out, but it was just something that you were kind of eyeing. We're like, let me just make sure he gets a squats in. Yeah. I mean, everybody, honestly, right. all yeah. three of them have had depth issues. Me, myself included, have had, have had depth issues in the past. So it's, it's always something that you're like, you need, I mean, you literally need to make sure that's on. Cause right. if you miss your opener, you, that fucks things up a, a lot. And so, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, so that's when it's like, I mean, that is probably the one thing that like you need to be on. And so um, I had no, I mean, Jesus is the deepest heavyweight squatter that like, that I know it, 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 his squats are just, they're great. Like his depth is, is awesome. And so I probably had the least amount of worry for him than the other three um, only because I, I know Jesus's depth and I know he buries them. And so that's he what was, I was saying when people yeah. were questioning the depth, I'm like, like a lockout undead sometimes here and there. Fine. Yeah. That happens. Oh, that's a strength issue. Like, like sometimes it gets heavy when you're tired. Right. But I, th I also thought there wasn't an issue on his depth, you yeah. know, um, whatever. And I'm not a ref though. So yeah. I'm fucking, there were like referees who were like, I'm not sure. Like, and I'm a referee and I'm like, fuck it got in my head. And so I was like, Oh fuck. I'm kind of interested to see what happens here. Yeah. And that's when like, like, I mean, there are other people too that like, like, um, there's people that, that have like, that came up and were like, Hey, like, you got to make sure you're on him. And I'm like, okay, like, like you, you have to like, you have to balance it. It's a balance. Cause you don't want to be like, Oh shit. Like maybe I do need it. Hey, Hey Zeus, make sure you're bearing these. And then he yeah. just starts going overly deep and like miss grooves. And so, right. but it was like, it's a balance. And, and I was nervous. Um, obviously I'm nervous for all, all of them because it's like, you need to make sure you get in the meat. And so I'm, we're like focusing on it. And I thought his depth was good. So I'm like, okay, like, 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 let's run it. Um, we'll be fine. And then he ends up like getting his opener, getting his second. And then his third, he like, he hit a little sticky, like a little wobbly. Um, but he ended up standing up with it anyways, and then got one red on it, but it was, it was for like, a, I think they said depth, but I mean, I mean, so you only need two. So you only need two, buddy. Only need two. So um, it was like, I mean, I'm nervous for everybody. Cause like getting into the meat is important. And like, it's, it's easier to get into the meat with a bench and a deadlift, but a squat, it's just like, they're like, 
there's that there's that dang depth to just hover right. around always. So it is nerve wracking for sure. And all is like in terms of how he put up with that world record, like it's a junior world record at his age. Um, on the broadcast, we were like going over the top, like we couldn't believe like the performance he put forward at his age against the gentleman that he's going against. And obviously like everything leading into this, when you're that young to not be overcome by the moment and live up to the hype that it, like, was there afterwards? Like, and when he concluded as well, when he's done, when Jesus Oliveros was done, you essentially had, had won the world championships and then walk through four other people winning their world championships and your whole thing was done. And it ended with the biggest, it ended with the big boys. It ended with the super heavyweight title. And, um, and it, it was, it was a huge coming out party for Jesus Oliveras. If there's any questions around him and some people had questions, fair enough, because it's one thing to win, you know, it's another thing to win at the worlds when you have several world champions you're going against and, and the fucking calls are very tough. Like there were people in the comments before things really started getting going who were like, Oh, they're going to pick on the Americans. They're going to like, you know, just, you know, you, you see, you get a little too paranoid sometimes. I think everybody gets a little bit like that. Like, you know, it, it you, but it's like, I don't think they give a fuck. I mean, like they're here because they want them here, obviously, or else they just wouldn't allow it to happen. But nonetheless, you got to bury these. And when, um, when all is said and done, everybody fucking, everything turns out. And Jesus Oliveras ends up becoming a world champion and literally making history, being as young as he did, posting up the toll he did at the level he did and winning an open world championship and your day is done. And now your world's is done. And you look back where you like, what were you thinking? Were you like, Holy shit. Like I just helped. I got a world championship and just helped guide four other people to the to promised land. Like, what, did it, did it sink in afterwards? Or what was your feeling when Jesus won? Yeah. I mean, it was awesome. Like Jesus is probably like, he was the most like, like I was probably on a friend, like the most, the most oh my god how am i going to word this like our friendship level is the highest out of like anybody i handled right so for, like i'm more friends with him than anybody else um mm. that i handled and like not to say that i handled him any, any differently but it was like it was cool to see him because he like i, I know him on a friend level we talk on the phone like we're, we're friends and so to see that was really cool um but like yeah i mean after after squats like we went on to bench and like he, he said he messed up his wrist on squats. And so we like, we were like kind of hesitant on bench, but he ended up like being okay on bench and then deads. Um, I, I think it, it helped a lot too, that like um, we actually had a phone call, me and him um, actually at the three week out mark. And we had both talked and we're like, Hey, like, how you doing? And I'm like, Oh, I'm doing okay. Like, how you doing? And he's like, oh, I'm doing okay. And we had both talked like, Hey, like we kind of weren't taking this serious. And like, it's hard when like we've talked about like the on oh it's on it's off it's on it's off covid usapl all this and that and like once we knew it was on and we had that phone call we were both just kind of like man we haven't really been in this like we we weren't like we weren't like i i talk about myself i'm like 2019 isaac was like just would do anything to progress like anything and i was like jesus like I'm getting back to that. I need to. And he's like, you know what? Like I've, I'm in the same mindset. I'm getting back to that. So we both had this like mutual understanding of like, it's time to fucking work. And so when he got there, like this helps a handler out a lot too, is he's like, my goal is nine for nine. When you chase numbers, it makes the handler's job a lot harder because they're going to tell you that they think they have a number, even when they might not think they have it just because they want to get it. 
but him mm-hmm. like his third bench, he was going to go, uh, we were going to go two and a half more. I was like, eh, kind of. And he's like, no, just take the lighter. We're going to go nine for nine. I'm like, perfect. Awesome. We get to like third dead. Uh, we get to second dead, get that smash it. It's good. And then it's like, where are we at in standings? And we're like, okay, we're, we're, we've won everything. Like we're, we're chilling. What do you want? Jesus. And he tells me, he's like, it would be really cool to get a meat PR. And so we were kind of balancing like different ideas. We could go for the junior deadlift record, which was 398 or no, it was three, 389. So we would have had to go 390. We, we could have went for um, like the open record 400. We could have went for 400 and a half um, because he's pulled 400 in a meet before. And so this was with, this was when he was a lighter body weight, I think like 20, 20 pounds lighter, but um, he came lighter into this than in nationals. So he came in lighter and the Alico bar, which I knew was going to be more grippy for him. I also had, I don't know if you, do you know what unicorn dust is? No, sir. Okay. I'm intrigued. Is this, is hang on, hang on. Is this, is this cocaine? For legal reasons, no, but I'll tell you after the podcast. Like, I'm, like, um, I'm like, well, easy. We're recording now. Let's yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a brand of chalk. Um, it's called it's from Friction Labs. And I had that chalk. And like when I pulled it out, he, there was a glint in his eyes. He's like, Oh, snap, like you got yeah. unicorn dust. And so, like, if if you know what unicorn dust is, you know. And okay. so it's like it's known as it's it's in my opinion, it's the best chalk. Like I'm, I'm not endorsed. I know like it, it's literally, I just, in my brain, it's the best chalk. And so um, he knew. So I, I had that plus the Alico bar. I'm like, he's not going to miss on grip. Like I, in my brain, I'm like, I don't, I don't see him missing on grip. So it was basically like, Hey, Jesus, what do you want to load up? So the second was like, kind of iffy. Um, we kind of knew that 400 wasn't there. He's like, I want to hit a meat PR, which is meat. His, his best ever meat was uh, 1055, I think. And so we loaded up to get to 1057 and a half, um, which would have given him a meat PR, um, at worlds. And he ended up just missing it at lockout. He ended up getting it on grip. So he was good on that. It was just his, his right shoulder wasn't locked out, um, which he's had problems before just because he has gained weight. But, um, after that, it was like, okay, like we did everything we could. And like you, you wanted the meat PR. So we went for that. We, I wanted to go like a little bit lighter. Um, but like, it's a, it's like a balance, right? You don't want to just be like, no, like I'm, I'm, I'm going to ignore your goals because I want you to go it, nine for nine. Especially because he already won. Exactly. Like you made your, your job as a handler. Let me get you the win. We're good. And then you could kind of be like, all right, you did a lot to get here. I did my job. What's your goal here? You know, yeah. like, like, I get you. I know what you mean where you're like, personally, I would do this, but you know, I've already done my, my, my job. So what do you want? Makes sense. So I told him that fail, I honestly, he was like, he was like excited. He's like, Oh yeah, let's go. Like I won worlds. I did all that. I'm like, I'm like, fuck, you could have got that. Dang it. (laughs) You're like, you're like, like, my number would have worked though. You know, you're like, it it wasn't even my number. It was like, it was like, it was like, I wanted him to get the lift period. I wanted him to go nine for nine. Like you said, there was like questions of, is he going to do this? Is he going to do that? He's new all that everyone out like Russ, Keiko, Amanda, like they've, 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 I mean, aside from Keiko, it was his first world, but he's like, he's shown up and showed out. They, they had the expectations that they were just going to come in there, execute and do great. Hey Zeus, there was a little bit of uncertainty. So like, if I could have rounded it off with another nine for nine, uh, like Russ went nine for nine and then Keiko went nine for nine. If I could have, if I could have like, and Amanda, like, you know, that situation. So that right. was like, whatever. But if I could have rounded it off with a nine for nine from Hey Zeus, who's had like a couple issues, whether that be lockout grips, depth, bench, 
uh, like whatever, right? If I could have rounded it off with a nine for nine, oh, I'd have been lit. But I mean, like we we put him in the best spot possible. He wasn't upset, um, but like it was it was it was very surreal. And then after that, I was like, this is this is this is cool. <laughs> so now that it's all over, and you're back home to your normal life, because the, the here here's what I experienced: the fucking highs you feel, like the emotions you feel. Like when, when you're competing yourself and you become a champion and you realize it and people back home realize it to like Keiko, like a battle up and down with Keiko um, versus Gustav Hedlund, who's a murderer. Gustav, I, I mean, he won the juniors and out totaled everybody in the open when he, the year he won the juniors. He is a, a killer. And you guys went head to head with a killer in his home nation in the most dramatic sense. One, and you're in the back crying and the, the way you feel the ups, downs, and then Amanda with everything that happened and the stress leading into it, and you're like, holy shit. And then the again, and then with Jesus Oliveira, you're a friend of yours, a personal close friend of yours. He gets crowned. The emotions and the stress and everything up and down and all around, and then add to it everything we talked about beforehand about being at a world championship in another side of the world, walking around the downtown, there's 2000 year old stone under your feet. We have nothing like that in North America. All these people from all over the world, you're bumping into in the hotel lobbies and just soaking it up and all everything. When you go back to your normal life and it's just wake up at whatever, seven, do your day's work and finish at five and it's back to normal. It's, this is where I had, in terms of the emotional letdown of like, that's where the post meet blues comes in for me. I didn't even compete. It's just post like event. It's yeah. just like you, what you felt in those two weeks, you won't feel you could like it, it could take you a year to hit all those highs, lows and everything. Like, you know what I mean? Like people don't have that kind of emotional up, down all around over the course of a year. If they get into a groove of wake up, go to work, come home, eat dinner, watch TV, go to sleep. Like some people won't, you know, so that's where the condensedness of it all in those two weeks is wild, man. Yeah, it's wild. It is nuts. It's like, yeah, it, the, there's a lot. There's a lot going on and it's just nonstop. And like, yeah, I don't know. Usually, usually I do have like with my own meats, I'll have like post meat blues, but it's more so just like, I mean, you go through all of that to get there and it, it's it's a lot. Um, and I mean, everybody knows knows like about it, but for me, like, I don't know this time. It's just like, I mean, how can I, how can I be upset that it's going to be like another year or whatever plus that I like, it's going to be until I can get back there when like, it, it almost feels selfish for me to feel upset because I'm so grateful. I got the opportunity to do it in the first place. That's how right. I feel. Of this, of this world. Last question. Last mm -hmm. question. Um, and then, and, and I'll wrap it. Cause we've been, we've been rocking and rolling and I appreciate your time by the way. Um, you're a good storyteller, but, uh, I just talk a lot. What is, yeah, same. I got the same <laughs> issues. Um, what is probably the one moment that you'll walk away with that you think you'll like, like hit you the most in terms of whether it's like a learning experience, whether it was something you felt or, or something that you wish you did different. Like, fuck me. That's the one that got away. And I wish I, you know, what, what was something that you're carrying with you? All right. Does it have to do with the competition? No. Perfect. Got it. Okay. I know exactly what it was. So like I said, I was planning on traveling with uh, like two other people and they ended up like not traveling with me, which is okay. But so we took the train from 
Homestead to Gothenburg. So it was me, Gavin, Aiden, uh, Nina, and Keiko. And we ended up just happening to be on the same train just by luck, right? So we're all on the train. We go from, we take the, the hour and a half train from Homestead to Gothenburg. So we're in the Gothenburg Central Central Station. They're about to take a bus to, to fly out. And I'm about to take a train six hours away to Stockholm. Now, mind you, I'm a comfort person. I don't like confrontation. I don't like being out of my comfort zone. I don't like awkward things. It's just, I like just being normal, right? Yeah. And so how ironic, right? From the guy that screams a bunch. So, <laughs> so I'm, I'm sitting there. They say their goodbyes. We find my train. I'm sitting at my train. My train comes in 25 minutes. I'm sitting at my train. They're, they're like way off of the bus stop. I can't see them. I don't know where they are. I'm in a country. I'm about to travel for five days to a country by myself. I can't read anything. At this point, I'm freaking out. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm frantically searching to get my flight changed to the next day. And I'll just sleep in Gothenburg. And then just, I'll just fly out. Cause just so I can leave the country. I just want to get out of there. <laughs> like I was like panicking. I'm like, I, I could not contain myself. And so then like, I ended up almost checking out. I was literally all I had to do was pay. And it was like five, like $490. And then I was like, Isaac, what you're doing right now is fucking ridiculous. Grow up. And so then I just like, I just put my phone in my pocket and I just sat there in silence and was like, I guess we're going to Stockholm. And Holy so- shit. Isn't it wild? You have like a, at the end of everything I just summarized, the journey you went through, you had a coming of age moment where you're like, succumb to the moment young man literally just go with it oh you're alone in a foreign place and you're you just had that moment of do you back out and you've come so far with everything you've done in the last week and a half you're like just allow yourself to succumb to the moment yeah and that that, you know that's a nice that is a nice little end off where you like became like yeah i leveled up yeah no it was literally i i that was almost exactly what i thought in my brain i looked at the i looked at the money I look and I was like, I'm like, are you really fucking about to do this, Isaac? I'm like, you, you've done all these things in your life and you you can't just fucking travel and you're gonna be okay. You can't do all, like you're you're really I'm like, and so in my mind, I'm like, like, I need to grow up. I like if 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 I'm gonna do all these things in life, like then I need to just be able to embrace this. And that was for sure out of my comfort zone. But the trip in Homestead was like, or the trip in Stockholm ended up being like, it was awesome. I mean, like I worked for a day and I slept for a day, but then the last three um, or the last two and a half were just awesome. I just it was able to hang out, eat food, travel around on scooters and stuff. But um, that moment was like, that was the thing where it was like, okay, like, I, like I'm going to remember that because it was like, it was literally like, do I, do I lose $600 just so I don't have to travel by myself or do I grow up? Dog, it, it, that's, it's a beautiful thing, dude. This is like one of those coming of age movies where at the end, you know, the, the, the character goes through so much and he's about to make that decision. He's like, no, this time I, this time I stay. Yeah. And you, you know, the, as the viewer, you're like, that a boy. You fucking <laughs> did it. You did it. That's how we wanted this movie to end. Well, yeah. dude, hats off to you, man. You did a phenomenal job from winning worlds to, um, you know, jumping in the mix of like, some of the biggest, most memorable battles in moments in, in the whole nine of an IPF World Championships. I could not be prouder or happier for you, dude. You did amazing job. And I'm glad, dude, this is an experience, man. Like, I swear to God, however this whole powerlifting journey ends, you'll remember this when you're like 20 years from now. 
and you'll be having beers talking about these things. And, uh, and I'm glad you got that experience. And, um, and hopefully we got like a bunch more, my friend. Yeah. Well, and then thank, thank you for like everything you've done. Um, you know what you've done, but for the sport and for commentating and, and, and really like pushing this, like, I mean, I, I listen to King of Lifts just like everybody else. And, and the amount of times you've talked about it where you're like, Oh, are you really about to like, really about to give up the opportunity to go to worlds for $3,000 in 20 years? If you, if you asked the world champion, would you, would you give those memories back for $3,000? Like you just saying that, like, I mean, that helped me, right? Like you don't even, you had not known me before worlds and that helped me. And that's like the beauty in like social media is like, you were able to influence my decision, which ended up being a freaking awesome decision and, a, and one that I'm going to be grateful for for the rest of my life and you influenced it without you even knowing I mean like that's the whole goal of this right but without you know like without you like without you knowing the exact influence you did that and so like just like I mean thank you to you thanks to Joey for for setting out the plan thanks for everybody else for, for executing it and making those like making it such an enjoyable experience but at the end of the day it's like like it's, it, it, it like you're right in telling me that like you are right in telling me that like, I'm going to remember that forever. And like, I am, and, but like, you also are like a, a large reason why I would assume that me and a lot of other people have the mindset of like, man, I really should go to worlds. Dog. I, I, I couldn't stress enough. Um, like I, I take my vacation time. I got a day job. I take my vacation time to do the world championships, commentating and soak that up. Even if I take a hit, even if I'm out money, if, even if I'm whatever, and I'm not, like it gets covered, but like you couldn't, you couldn't offer me 3K, 5K, you know, to skip what I, what we went, what we had. Like, do you understand what I would do to do that? Like, like it's fucking insane to me. Like <laughs> the ex this is what life is, is just experiences. 5K is nothing. You know what I mean? In the bigger picture. And that's like, if you're Ashton and going to win like something like, I mean, like people, I just hope people lean into like, just fucking don't, don't let an experience go by. Cause I promise you, you will not regret it. You know what I mean? Like I promise whoever's listening, if you ever have the opportunity, man. Um, yeah. And, and my friend, like, I'm glad we did get to meet each other. Like you're a good guy. I'm glad I got to meet like everybody that I met, but I'm glad we got to meet each other on a personal level and um, we'll see each other again, man. We'll yeah. do it again, my friend. Absolutely. We'll keep in touch no matter what, but uh, thank you for coming on, buddy. We'll keep in touch. Good luck with everything. And uh, that's, and that's wrap, son. Yes. See you, buddy. Thank you.